quick question is LFO not a uh, boy band? Oh, they are. Okay. Which one was LFO? Uh, Abercrombie yeah. and Fitch. Chinese food does something to them, you know? podcast that was watching the Monday Night Football playoff game on ESPN2 last night when, in a bit of synergistic corporate cross-promotional gloriousness, the Walt Disney Company, which owns ABC and the ESPN family of cable television networks, had its broadcasting employees tease and eventually introduce the world premiere of a lengthy commercial for the third season of The Mandalorian which is, of course, a Star Wars TV show that Disney owns and produces for its in-house streaming service, Disney+. Plus. The preview showed the titular badass palling around with the cute little baby Yoda-looking character that he'd bonded with and cared for over the previous two seasons of television, naturally enough. Naturally enough, that is, if you'd forgotten entirely the big emotional denouement of season two of The Mandalorian, during which a young Luke Skywalker in full Jedi mode, more powerful than we'd ever seen him before, saves the day and collects the little baby Yoda guy from his stoic but loving protector. Grogu, the baby Yoda, has to go to Jedi boarding school with Headmaster Luke. We see The Mandalorian's face for the first time. It is... Very emotional. The music tells us so. These two characters who have saved each other, physically, emotionally, spiritually, over the course of 16 episodes of perfectly enjoyable serialized television, are forced apart by fate and their greater responsibilities to the galaxy and by a writer's room at Disney HQ. It felt like it mattered, even if it was only stupid television for overgrown children, like this podcast in the context of the show it mattered and then a little more than two years later on monday night football we find out that apparently it didn't matter at all you see at some point in the intervening time disney released this whole other show called the book of boba fett and in the book of boba fett grogu and luke you know what never mind I'm not going to wiki-summarize the plot of a very poorly-reviewed season of television because I'm not going to bother looking it up. Suffice it to say, some shit happened in that probably shitty season of TV that ended up reuniting Baby Yoda and the Mandalorian, and now they can get back to palling around the galaxy, doing cool stunts and raids and killing the bad guys and generally having a grand old time. And I'll probably watch it. But I shouldn't. I shouldn't have to be that much of a sucker, because I shouldn't be expected to watch a whole other television show to find out really quite crucial story beats to the show I am already watching. This shouldn't be too much to ask of our Imperial Disney overlords. When the cops from Law & Order show up in a crossover on SVU, you don't have to check the Wikipedia plot summary before tuning in the next week in case Lenny Briscoe got fired for being a pederast. When Fox spun off some quirky characters into a standalone show called The Lone Gunman, you didn't have to watch a whole year of that garbage in case some stupid and crucial X-Files lore might be revealed only over there, dramatically changing the facts on the ground for Mulder and Scully on their show. And you know why? Because that's not how any of this is supposed to work. This isn't about whole universes of content. There are rules. This is television. I should be able to tune into my stupid space opera about the bounty hunter with a heart of gold and his pet 
slash sun psychic superhero little green goblin guy and get all the information I need within the confines of that show. I'm selling you my attention, and hopefully not my soul, for this 45 minutes to an hour. Not so you can force me to watch another whole lifetime of content. I got a second half of a very important playoff football game to watch, after all. My name is Bob, sitting across the way from my good friend and co-host. That's Abe. How you doing tonight, Abe? Doing well, Bob. Yeah, here we are. Lori's here, too. How you doing, Lori? I'm not as calm as Abe is, but I am calmer than you are. <laughs> Lori's calmer than you are. Tonight is Tuesday, January 17th, 2023. Uh, we didn't record last night, obviously, because it was very, very important that I was in front of the television for the world premiere of the uh, big, long commercial for Mandalorian Season 3. That's not why. It was in the... In the- in with player safety in mind. <laughs> yeah, and uh, when they're uh, the MLK holiday, I remember doing a lot of work on Monday. I worked. Oh, by the way, uh, on that point, Bob, at the open, could I? I don't watch this show with the little uh, Yoda thing. Right? Did they change course because they wrote themselves into a corner, or what? I don't have any idea. Okay, there's no way of knowing. I would have to watch. Some whole other television show I mean, to find you're out. You're assuming things, would you? We don't know because we haven't seen the first episode of the next season. No, of I'm not assuming. I I quickly you googled. Looked into I was it? like, because I I watched the preview and I was like, uh, didn't they like split them up at the end of season two? And then they're just showing us a preview of them back together for season three. Like that's a big spoiler. If like, not that this sort of shit matters, but like. We were under the impression that these two characters were no longer going to be around one another, and maybe it would take a whole season of television to bring them back together or something along those lines. Uh, and apparently it did. It was just some other fucking show that you have to watch in order to get that whole season of television. So you're expected now to, the extended universe, keep up with all. Basically, it's all within... I don't know this, that that would mean you're expected to. Well, it I mean, if you in order for the whole thing, you have to watch the whole thing. But it would like, be. There are a lot of people that aren't watching this as it comes out. They'll watch, you know, let's say, I don't know, this is the third season is supposed to be released. Let's say they release all of it and somebody in the summer just watches all of them in order, right? Like if there's no explanation between seasons two and three, it's going to be very weird for that person, right? So it's got. Right. Presume, I suppose there will be some one of those like. Uh, Previously on right. the Mandalorian, but also the Book of Boba Fett, and they will explain what the fuck happened for the idiots who uh, did not commit themselves to a whole other television show in order to find out what happened to the characters that are supposed to be on this television show. It would bother me less if it wasn't such a crucial plot point, right? Like if, right. if it was just like they went off and they did some fun adventures and the, the characters happened to show up on this other show. Okay, fine, whatever. I don't. I don't care. Uh, but when it comes to like rearranging the crucial points of this show that I'm already watching, it's it's not okay. Right. It, I guess it's also tricky if they were to play it honest. Like it would spoil it for people who have not watched that season's end, right? So it's kind of a weird thing where to most of the people watching, they're like, oh, okay, I'm familiar with the little Yoda thing and the guy with the face shield thingy. Uh, and right. the commercial basically doesn't alter that, right? So, like, if they did 
what you're suggesting, which is like a more accurate trailer, then that would spoil yeah, it. it. So it only spoils it for people who were invested in this show and not the whole rest of the garbage. Right? Yeah, they're trying to. Yeah, they, they only have. got your money. They're wanting others to make. Maybe it's they like a cynical strategy. They have all of our money, no matter whether we watch it or not. Right. They have our money, so. Assholes. It's not okay. Uh, the football game, on the other hand, so we, as Lori was saying, it's a. It was sort of out of uh, player safety concern. The last time that we recorded a podcast and watched during a, a during football a game at the same time. Game. Uh, someone nearly died. Yes. And this time we didn't record a podcast Just, and a know. kicker nearly killed himself <laughs> on national television. It it was it was this close to Brett Maher uh, finding a sharp object in the Cowboys sideline and just ending it all. I uh, would have been terrible. Uh Okay, I almost never complain about the, the announcers and uh, the way that things are covered. Whatever you give me is fine, right? But I would have liked a little more focus on the shanks. Like, they should have, by the second or third... Oh, you should have been watching the yeah. Manning if you were, cast, if, Abe. If you were watching the Manning cast, they were... There was quite highly a focus. In, ...highly invested in the shanks. First of all, in the first one, and I'll, I don't have the clip pulled up here. Let me pull them up real quick, because they're wonderful. This is with that sack of shit, Peyton Manning. Has that kicker been kicked off the team yet? Like, I can't imagine, like... You would want him around for like an important eventually. game. Also, they were not pivotal in the game in right. terms. Of, I mean, unless you're Bob and you're betting. Yeah, if you're unless you're a degenerate, it doesn't matter. But it is concerning that in a no stake situation, you're still your head is still out of sorts. Like if it was a very the problem though, it's he needed it's to be no closer. Stakes. Like he needed like the stakes to be higher. First of all, uh, how dare you talk about me like that <laughs> while I'm uh, trying to do some show prep over here and that I should have done this morning, but. There's no way that Brett Maher did not have money on this game. I, no. I, I, I accept zero other explanations. This asshole but had the under. But how did he miss that much either? Like the one that doinked. Holy shit. There is no He's a professional. He knows how to miss an okay, extra point. well, get on with it. You think somebody is willing to embarrass themselves just to like win like $10,000 or something? He had like skin in the game. More than money. We will we will hurt your children. Yeah. I'm telling you, if they had a better option, they would have fired him already. All right, Abe. We started the year, you'll remember, with a, uh, mm. a shank. The shank to end all shanks. And as we predicted, it was going to be a great year, right? Yes. How can it not be <laughs> of course. a great year when you start off with the greatest shank of all time? And then this uh, Monday night football game, which, by the way, a playoff Monday night football game, very strange. More on money. ESPN2, yeah. I'm watching it with the, the Manning brothers. They're interviewing Deion Sanders for like 25 minutes. They can't get a first down to happen. It's a trash football game to start. But things start to turn around uh, about halfway through the first quarter. And we have this, uh, after, a, after a touchdown drive by the Dallas Cowboys, we have this extra point attempt. Good drive right there. You know, ran the ball, had play action. Obviously, the penalty helped, but just efficient. Ball was getting out on time. Missed it. He missed this it. is an extra missed point. It. How do you miss an extra point? That's the only job you got. Like, that, how do you do that? <laughs> wow. Deion Sanders dropping a you-had-one-job on the Cowboys kicker. But also, like, just little did we know. Yes, we had no idea, but it was going to only get worse it for was, Mr. I mean, Maher. I understand allowing a second attempt, all right. That happened a long time ago. Let's forget about it. 
kick the second one. He misses the second one. Why bring him out after that? At that point, just go with your two-point attempts. But they give him a third third attempt. So I think you, you'll you no be surprised one, to find that you agree with Peyton Manning about this. You're, you, and, you and Peyton are practically in bed together with this one. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, no one got madder about this. So here the Cowboys are up 18-0. There's 27 seconds to go in the second quarter, right before the half. Maher has missed two extra points already. I have, I have now begun uh, texting about this with uh, both you and, of course, my my brother Andrew, who's a Cowboys fan. And now it's like it's can't miss TV. It's absolutely must see television to see what Maher's going to do the third time out. Yeah, going left, throwing back right in the end zone. Oh my God! You've got to be kidding me! I've never seen anything like it. Why are we kicking it? Why are we kicking it? What is going? He can't believe it. Talk about a buzz kill. No one's ever missed three field, three extra points in a row. That's got to be a guy at halftime of a playoff game. Got to be a record. <laughs> Peyton Manning is furious, and the best part about watching Peyton is that he gets so mad whenever the offense doesn't work. Uh, it's, it's just an absolute joy and he uh, go to the website uh, brainiron.com i'll link to the video but he like he can't even sit still he stands up and he's pacing around his very fancy living room where yeah he's and watching he usually when he says we it's whoever is on offense right he is in constant identification with the team trying to score points because since he was fucking two years old his dad has been training him to be a guy who goes out there and gets points uh, this was my favorite uh, moment of the night, helpfully clipped by the people over at Awful Announcing. I laughed out loud at Eli Manning, as I do almost any time I watch him on television. I'm not smart enough to know analytics, but what's the difference between 18 and 19? Seems like I would have gone for One. two right there anyway. One. <laughs> One? Yeah. Uh, anyway, the, the, the fact that you have Peyton making the, the easy joke about yeah, I'm not too bright, but what's the difference between 18 and 19? And he like he's using his football brain to be like, because in terms of the scores, like there's no difference. What you want is to get to 20. And Eli's like, no, no, it's one. <laughs> I I don't know uh, what coach said this, but like uh, the idea was that you know kickers once they are out of sorts, like when they're mentally shot, just shut it down, right? Like this. Attempt to like let's let's power through this and get your confidence back by constantly shanking extra points. Not like fifty yarders against the wind. Like this is like yeah. I mean it's it's more difficult than it was like it twenty years ago. Should actually be automatic. Right. It, it should, should actually be, be like you are hungover and broken and have the flu, but right. you can do that. Right. And it's That's not like. Uh, the college football rules with a weird hash marks where it's like this weird angle. Like in the NFL, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, you're on either side and it's pretty straightforward. If you can make two, what's the point for the third? And at this point, you're just kind of raising the, this issue going into the game they have against the Niners, which sounds like a 90s game, Niners, Cowboys. But uh, like that team is much better than this decrepit Tampa Bay team. Uh, and so what is the plan then when you're scoring touchdowns or if your 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 offense stalls and you need to kick a field goal, like a long They're field goal? They're just going to turn him off and then turn him back yeah. on again. Jerry Jones was asked 
about this, of course, and he said that he came out and he made sure he watched the kicker warm up during halftime, and he was hitting all his kicks during halftime. So he's like, I think we're going to be able to get a good week of practice in. And then, and then of course, uh, with 10 minutes to go in the third quarter, Brett Maher comes out. He's missed three straight tonight. He'd missed uh, the, the last extra point that he tried in the game before, in la- last week's game. So he's missed four straight extra points, and he comes out. Uh, to try to sort himself out here, up up twenty four nothing on the Bucks. Unbelievable! Stand by. Mm. This is a big play here. This is a big, big play. play right here. This and kicker was hoping this one. he was hoping he could kick it from the two yard line instead of you know having to go all the way back. Oh my goodness! I just got the shanks a little bit. <laughs> I bet. I don't know no, what to got, say. <laughs> Peyton looks like he's going to do violence with his football. He picks up his football and he like threatens to throw it into a large glass screen. It's- Look, a, a broken clock is right occasionally. Peyton Manning got one right. But seriously, I just don't understand it. It's not going back to your, like, oh, he looks fine, whatever Jerry Jones said. Like, it's not a mechanics right. thing. It's just in your head thing. And when yeah. it comes to actually kicking it when it matters – Whatever is fucking him up is gonna return. It's not. It doesn't matter what you're doing. This at, at halftime. Getting getting Brett Maher straight. And by the way, it is Maher. It's not Mar. Even though I've known lots of Mars in my life. No relation There's to Bill, Bill Maher. Spelled the same way. No relation. This is this is a different pronunciation. Different clan of Maher. There's one person, one person who can fix Brett Maher this week, and it's probably his wife. It's the it's the only person on the planet. She, I don't know what she has to do. I don't know what she can do. Uh, it probably involves gross stuff. But she's got to build him up. She's got to do everything in her power to rebuild this man from nothing. Because his teammates aren't going to be able to do it. And no amount of time on the practice field is going to be able to do it. See, uh, the thing is, to- even that won't work because everything else is not the issue. Is the, Those conditions, when they're met it's going to trigger something in his head, like at least in the short term. The only thing I could think of would be, and I don't think the technology is there, but like some sort of partial lobotomy, right? To like get that part of the brain out. And he doesn't know what the hell happened last week. He can kick like it's nothing, bring that brain part back in. It's just the yips. It's a good thing he's not like a a short gymnast who has to go out there and launch herself into the air and potentially not know where she's going to land. Yeah. We didn't do a uh, any sort of NFL preview thing as we were too busy talking about all of the college football oh, yes. excitement. Uh, I, I had a couple of bets go sideways this weekend. Uh, I ended up in in the in the black for the weekend. Not that anybody cares. It was a good weekend. No, it's a boring thing to talk about. Ultimately, but uh, longtime listeners of the show will remember that I placed a preseason bet on the Chargers to win the Super oh. Bowl. The Chargers were up. 27 nothing over the Jacksonville Jaguars and it looked good right i mean maybe maybe this team is going to you know at least i'll get an exciting like cash out this bet now for a, a large amount of money because the chargers look great maybe right. something along those lines right i mean it wasn't just the, the 27 nothing seemingly insurmountable but like how bad the other quarterback was playing just right. throwing pick Four after interceptions pick. Yeah. in the first 14 minutes of the game. Yeah. Just just terrible just by awful. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. Clemson's own Trevor Lawrence. Waffle House aficionado. 
absolute joy to watch for me personally, not being a fan of Mr. Lawrence or the school from which he hails. But I look at that 27 nothing score, and as I've also discussed on the show in the recent past, I see big leads, and I see it as an opportunity to bet a small amount of money yes. to then acquire a much larger amount of money. And so uh, what I realized is that a $5 bet on the Jacksonville Jaguars to win that game when they were losing 27 to nothing was going to net me nearly $60. And so I, I, in my head, I'm like, okay, so I've got $50 on the line for the Chargers to eventually win the Super Bowl. Literally betting against yourself. And net me $800 right. or something like that, which is, is unlikely, right? Like even, yeah. even if they That's win this game, the which it looks are, like yeah. they will. yeah. Very unlikely, uh, given the rest of the field. But if I just put five more dollars in the kitty on this other team, the Jaguars, I get all of that gamble back no matter what happens tonight, right? And it worked. The Jaguars come storming back and end up winning this game. And so I lose my season-long Chargers bet. But like the all-time great subsistence better that I am, I earned back what I put in at the start of the season. It felt pretty good. Very solid work, Bob. Very good work. Yeah, thank you very much. That's a... It's a net gain of $8, and it only took like five months. So we're getting somewhere. Apply that over a lifetime, and you're starting to see some dividends. Yes. That's right. And Our the, health insurance for just Bob is over $500 a month. The, $8 many, in a gambling account. How many football seasons is that? That's a lot of them. Uh I did make some money the next day betting on all the favorites in a parlay, or all the underdogs, rather, in a parlay. I took the points all the way across the board, and the the Dolphins were catching a big pile of points, and they ended up keeping it close. The Giants, oh, I the knew we were going to win that game. I was certain it was going to happen, and then it did. Three NFC East teams. Whew. Yeah, there are four NFC teams left in the playoffs, and three of them are from the demonstrably bad NFC East. And then, <laughs> it doesn't yeah. make very much sense. Uh, the Cowboys aren't actually very good. The Giants aren't actually they, very maybe good. Maybe are good. Same it's thing. not clear to me that the Eagles are actually any good either. Um, I guess we'll find out. And then, and then last night, I'm watching that football game. I, I, my favorite bet in, in my stupid football watching is to pick a team and then pick the over under and then that's just a little parlay and it usually it's like a, I do a $10 bet and it pays off between 20 and $25 or something like that. You find one gold with the other? Like if you have a feeling which if the spread's going to be covered, you think it's going to be oh, it's going to be an over. I don't know. I don't keep I don't keep track of it. All I know is I haven't put any more money into the gambling account and so I I still have money to play with, so yeah. it must be going all right, still you know. Alive. <laughs> must be fine. But last night I took the Cowboys. I think they were given up three points or maybe get or two and a half points. That's what it was. It was Cowboys minus two and a half and then over 45 and a half points. I felt pretty good about that because I didn't trust either of these defenses. Although Parsons is obviously the, the, the Cowboys defense is obviously pretty good. And it wasn't looking great because like Maher, he continues to keep shanking these fucking things. So I end up losing that bet by a single point. 31 to 14 is the final score, which you'll note is precisely one half of a point yes. shy of where I needed to be to win that bet. And that includes four missed extra points and a failed two-point conversion attempt attempt by the Bucks. So... I don't know how Vegas does it, Abe, but they they nailed that total. Yeah, that somehow was new. Amazing. Anyway, that leaves us with uh, the NFC playoffs, which will be the Eagles and the Giants 
And then on the other side, the Cowboys and the 49ers. Who do you think's coming out of the NFC, Abe? After my uh, my my Colts prediction went sour, I, I, I gravitated towards the Bills out of the AFC, although they look shaky, and the the 49ers out of the NFC. That looks like a lock. They are so good. I'm sad that the Bills and the Bengals, one of them has to lose. Oh, yeah, that's right. They're re- doing that again, although in Buffalo this time, yeah. yeah. I'm sad. I expect that the 49ers will win next week, and I would be surprised if the Giants won, but obviously very happy. They will be a touchdown you, underdog, and I just like I like it when Giants Philadelphia wins, is in pain. So, Have you been unsurprised of any of the Giants' wins this season? All of the Giants' wins have been surprises to me, yeah. yes. Well, except the one time they beat the Colts, that was a poor gun. Yeah, I, I will pick... I will pick the Giants just for fun, because uh, why not? And then out of the AFC, I don't know. We have the the Bills and the Bengals. I expect the Bills to win that pretty handily. The Bengals kind of look like shit, and they don't have an offensive line. It seems they do have that issue, but like the Bills were surprisingly sort of vulnerable looking, not good against. Yeah, yeah like they look like they could have lost that Bills uh, Bills Dolphins game. Uh, so who knows? And but you're right. I mean, the offensive line for Cincinnati looks like shit. So you would think that should do it. Yeah, and they almost lost. They almost they very nearly lost to a Ravens team that is not good yes. and doesn't have a quarterback. Is quarterbacked by Tyler Huntley who watching him play especially in those last couple drives like he could not complete a single pass. Right. And the the announcers were like shitting on Mark Andrews and a couple of the other receivers uh, for like not getting open or for like uh, falling out of bounds or something. It's like the ball is not within 10 or 12 yards of these guys once it is released from the person's hand. I don't know why you're blaming the receivers. But, but. you know, despite that, uh, if it weren't for the catastrophic, I'm going to try to sneak in clumsily and it's going to be returned for a touchdown 90, 90 yards the other way. Like with this quarterback, this like third string, whatever – they were actually on the verge of beating Cincinnati, right? I mean, if they had scored, I mean, that was a big swing the other way, but they were on the goal line. So, like, they were moving the ball with... Right, and they almost... W- w- was it to tie the game at the end with the Hail Mary, or was it going to be to win the game? I can't yeah, even remember. It. It yeah, I think it would have been a, seven just point. a tie. Yeah, yeah. But it's a Hail Mary that that Ravens receiver is going to see in his nightmares for the re- at least for the offseason, probably not the rest of his life. It's just a stupid wild card playoff game but it's a hail mary that tips off of eli apple's fingers because eli apple remains a dummy it can't knock the ball down he goes to some other team and he's still just as bad as he ever was and it and it's like right there for the ravens guy and he he's like short arming it it's because it's like this last second deflection that like the brain just yeah. didn't twitch quite fast yeah. enough for him to get his arms out for it and it's just amazing for some reason how close it was i'm sure i'm not i'm surprised why i didn't think of this before but like it was just the the sequence of events where the 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 guy was right there like behind the scrum and i was thinking like how come no team has ever tried like a rugby style the person reaching for it isn't intended to catch it right it is to draw all the attention you jump up maybe you get a little help and then somebody else who's also pretending that they're in the scrum they break free at the last seconds and they do like a tip or pass or something tip drill yes i'm sure there's a way to do it because there's all of this energy around where the ball is coming down and then the rest of the area is pretty open like if you got yourself out of that as an amateur asshole who watches these games and wants to be a blowhard about them i I have a dozen better than a hail mary (laughs) plays in my head 
for how a game should end, right? Like, okay, so you put like four guys in the end zone on one side, and that's where all the defense goes, and you just kind of sneak, so you sneak the tight end down there, <laughs> down the other side, and you the quarterback rears back, and he like he's gonna chunk it like really high, but instead he diverts off to the side, and it's just a line drive to like the seven yard line, and the tight end just walks in, no problem. I mean, it's easy, you know. For every play, the defense is aware of all the eligible receivers, right? So you can't sneak somebody in. Like they're even no, like no, if it's like some fat in. guy hey, doing it. No, about? Bob's idea is smart. No, the you end. Sneak them in. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's the other game? It, it's uh, the Chiefs are playing who? Uh, Jaguars. The uh, Trevor Lawrence. Oh, yeah, the Jaguars. Jaguars. Never mind. So yeah, the they, Chiefs will come out of that opening. Anytime they give you that four o'clock. The first slot in the weekend, they they don't have high confidence. Yeah, I would guess Chiefs and Bills, and just based on recent results, I would think Ooh, that the, is the, the Chiefs appear to be ready to to put it together again. Is the Chiefs and Bills the game that will come to Atlanta, or or that the that might be right? Right, that is might it? be oh, that there oh. that that has to be played at the neutral site. I think yeah. that's right. Why is that? Because the. They weren't able to officially determine who should have the number one seed because the Bengals and the okay. Bills didn't play. And if they advance, then they can't be above or below the Chiefs. So the game has to be played at yes. a neutral site, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Right. Okay. Anyway, NFL playoffs are usually fun. And presumably, this is our chance to get a few really good games, right? Because there's there's going to be four games. This is traditionally the, best the most exciting yeah. weekend of the NFL schedule. And uh, despite there being a lot of bad teams seemingly in the in the playoffs, uh, hopefully uh, that will hold. We can move on here to uh, the WGAS news bag uh, before we play a little bit of a game later. Uh, speaking of which, uh, hashtag free Strassman. Uh, Strassman, last month or so, uh, plenty of reports and no puns. There's not even he's not even trying, and it, it's very frustrating to me. But maybe he doesn't want to. Maybe he's tired of you and trying to come up with quippy things. If they don't allow Strassman to do what Strassman does best, I'm going to have to go into the archive and find old <laughs> Strassman content for us to Archive, enjoy. as our son calls it. So I don't want uh, to make up a conspiracy theory here, but uh, I do wonder if CBS News is under, is under new leadership because... The Strassman thing is a concern, but also the coverage has changed. CBS News is usually the straightforward old geezer news. They don't do a lot of fluff stuff. That's why I kind of like yeah. their their uh, coverage. Uh, and now they're doing some fluff stuff, and they're, they, they have like segments where they're selling right. stuff. Uh, before you finish your point, yeah. they don't do a lot of fluff stuff from the guy who regularly watches the CBS Sunday morning program, which is just 90 minutes of fluff stuff, (laughs) and and has sent me links before to the CBS mornings show (laughs) with, like, that that, that Nate football guy and Gail and whoever the hell else is on that show. Anyway, go ahead. But no, I I think they are under some sort of new scheme where they're like, we are dead last in the ratings and we need to goose up something. And so they're doing promotional content now, like segments that used to go to like actual stories or some, oh, here's a stupid little thing that you can buy for $18.99 plus shipping and handling. So I'm wondering if the same people who came up with those terrible ideas told Strassman enough of that. It's cut that Put a leash on Strassman. I bet they did. You're probably right. Speaking of which... Maybe we was going to talk about this later, but we'll do it now. 
same sort of complaint I have lately about the New York Times, which is the New York Times is sort of evolving into a stupid all-purpose content farm in the way that like the bad internet has been for the last few years. Uh, but like the Times, because they no longer think of themselves strictly as like uh, here's the news kind of situation, but they're instead a lifestyle publication. They are. They're absolutely a lifestyle publication now, and it leads to shit like me getting notifications. Like push notification, which I used, like I signed up for New York Times push notifications because, like, I thought that I would be getting information about the world that was important. You right? do, and I did, and I do still. But then I also get them like, "Is it bad to drink coffee on an empty stomach?" That was a push notification I got yeah. from New York Times in the last. Was couple that of days. well? Is it was that a, uh, an editor's pick or something? What do they? categorize those kind of like this is not actually a breaking news story this is just an article you may have missed like i guess and it's it's in the well section of the health section and then you read it and it's like i don't know five or six hundred words with uh subheads and 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 little titles in between like how does coffee affect the gut and will increased stomach acid cause any issues and then finally so what should i do and the end of this article in the New York Times that was sent to my phone is something that I might want to read because it might be important. They just say, oh, yeah, coffee's probably fine. And it's fine on an empty stomach unless you feel bad. And if you feel bad, then don't have it on an empty stomach. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the news right. from the Times and this fucking doctor that we called up. So see you later. It's like, no, fuck you. And no, I don't want to read also about, like, should I share my lip balm next? No, I don't want to read <laughs> that story, that 500 words about sharing lip balm. That, that's not maniacs. a push thing, is it? Or just like, oh, since you're here. No, that was just uh, like, oh, as long as you're here, don't you want to find out about <laughs> lip balm and sharing it with people? You know, everything starts off like with a decent idea. Like an idea comes about, okay, uh, there's the news. But like if something big happens, would you want to know about it when it breaks? And you're like, sure, notify me if the sky is falling. You press a button, you move on about your day, and then initially it works. Oh, Jimmy Carter, blah blah blah, or you know the Queen, blah blah blah, <laughs> right? Uh, and then eventually somebody will look at the you know internally, some new nerd will come about and say, hey, we need more engagement on the stupid little lifestyle section. And like we want the same engagement as uh, these articles. And like, well, those were articles were pushed as breaking news because you know they were breaking. No, no, I don't care about that. And because they're journalism, yeah. crucially, yeah. that's that's actual journalism that's getting done, not some asshole writing a five hundred word blog after they emailed with some gut doctor who right. they, like who doesn't matter. Which, nothing like, wrong with who they, again. Who they who they cite with. as an expert. Right, but if you know, in certain settings, I don't mind reading stupid articles like that. But like, you can't. It can't be disseminated through the breaking news feed because that's not breaking news and eventually right. people it's will be like i'm tired of this and then you literally turn it who gives a shit news yeah it belongs <laughs> in the stupid segment of my stupid podcast and that's you know how important it is and you know what and it wouldn't even rate it wouldn't even rate in the who gives a news <laughs> segment except that i want to complain about the new york times at large like that's the only reason it's even here this podcast has a more a more rigorous standards than uh, the times but again there's always a time and place for any article um Actually, if they had like a feature with the New York Times or the Washington Post, like who gives a shit news push, whatever, on occasion, I'm like, you know what? I'll put it just because I miss a lot of stories, you know, maybe it's of some right. import to me, but it can be done this way. I agree.
Yeah, sure. You're leafing through the paper and you find some section that you wouldn't normally read and you like, ah, that oh, is sort of interesting yeah. on a Sunday morning. Like, yeah. yeah. Maybe I should have a bite to eat with my coffee. That might be good. Maybe I should. <laughs> it's not something that while I'm going about my day, my phone buzzes or beeps or what have you. And it's like, ah, oh, you need to know this right the fuck now. Yeah. It's like, turns out alcohol's not good for you. It's like, that's not breaking news, but okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. Who gives a shit news? Uh, here's the news bag. Uh, gas stoves, Abe. Apparently, <laughs> we now have to care about gas stoves because. Uh, some asshole, his name is uh, Trumpka. He's a some sort of political family he comes from. I can't remember. But he's a, a officious bureaucrat type somewhere in the government. And he was doing an interview with Bloomberg. I'll make sure the link is in the show notes. And he says something to the effect of, uh, gas stoves are dangerous. We've known this for a long time. Uh, recent peer-reviewed study shows that something like 12% of asthma cases can be attributed, at least in some part, to the existence of gas stoves in residential houses. Uh, therefore, if we can't figure out, as a, as a government agency, if we can't figure out how to make a product safe, then we will ban that product. That's just sort of our job here. And of course, that interview gets turned into a massive culture war fight that, it, that spans many days as though it were as important as child trafficking. And I'm not I'm not exaggerating that. The the way that we talk about the dumbest possible things is always at the same level of hysteria. Right? It's it's the it's the boy who cried wolf taken to just absurd ends. It's similar to the push notification problem, yeah. right? Whereas I would get a push notification because there's a, a, a literal uh, nuclear alert that Hawaii might be experiencing a nuclear attack from North Korea, yes. right? Like that's a good reason for a push notification. Uh, 40 minutes later, it turns out everything is fine. Yeah, uh, sorry for panicking yeah. you. But worth worth knowing about yeah. potentially. Better safe than but sorry. that's also the same ding that comes in on my phone when they want to tell me about whether or not I should have a bite of egg with my coffee. And and then also probably next week, oh, don't eat that fucking egg. Yeah. Uh, that egg's real bad. <laughs> don't eat something else Eggs instead. are expensive is what eggs are. You now talk about gas stoves, so, you asshole. That's what I'm going to make you do it. <laughs> you know, what, what's interesting about this story is that the only way that this story could have come about is if somebody intentionally presented something in the most inflammatory way, right? And, and like th this wasn't like, oh, that's interesting. And then it became a thing. Like somebody read it and they're like, ooh, I can make hay out of it. And what I can make sense of is – what is it about this type of story that agitates people? So like it's like the government is coming to take something whole or wholesome or like American-ish or whatever because like anytime there's – what was it? With a, with a beef thing, maybe we'll start eating like uh, Beyond Meat or like this meat concocted in a uh, laboratory. Right, right. Like those kind of things, it, it seems like it's kind of picking at like they're taking away the things that used to be like what your parents had or – they're 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 tugging at something. I can't and figure out exactly what it is. Importantly, well, no, but, importantly, they're not actually doing any of those things. But right? also, it's the stupid internet because people, as usual in real life, are not doing this thing. It's only people who feel passionate enough about it to type something on the internet about it that you read. Right, but it's not just me. Like they're, they're congressmen who are are tweeting out like you can have my 
gas stove when you pry it from my cold, dead hands. I'm not hands. saying it's just you. I'm saying it's only on the internet. But it, but it, downstream, eventually, I'm a, I haven't watched any of the, the Fox News channels uh, shows lately, but I'm sure some of them are talking about it. And then further downstream, these they're talk all talking radio. about it on Fox News, yeah. and they're Fox all talk, they talk. The it, it showed up on the Sunday shows. The internet. Right. Yeah, it showed it. It showed up in real news. Like I'm not. I'm not making this shit up. People care a great deal about right, this. Right, and that's what's interesting. Like not- This story broke through because there's so much noise on the internet. You're right, Lori. Like, there's a lot of stuff that just some people say, but certain stories kind of cross over, and then you'll hear somebody talk about this. In, I'm sure I'll hear about this in the real world over the coming months. Somebody's going to mention this because it broke through. Right, and it's not new information. That's what's bizarre about it to me is that – Everybody sort of knows, and and like I've heard this for a long time. Gas stoves are not ideal because of the particulates and the and the potential for leaks and all of the rest. Like it's just there. There's reason to believe that there are healthier ways. And and if you if you have a gas stove, what you really have to care about is the is the hood vent that you need to be able to vent the the fumes as as strongly as possible out of the house so that you're not breathing them in like this is it's not new information and it's not like the government is going to come in tomorrow and take your gas stove out of your house and say that you're not allowed to have it anymore right. Not without a fight. And they're not right. <laughs> and further, they're not even going to ban it in new appliances anytime soon. Right. It's just one officious bureaucrat in one interview talking about how, uh, yeah, when when shit's not good for people, uh, uh, the government tends to ban it. Right? When it, when it, when it, when you can't have a safe product, we're not allowed to sell unsafe products. But it does. It becomes this huge culture war thing where it has it, it doesn't comport with the reality of the situation whatsoever. It's just about how it makes me feel to find out that the government is coming in and taking something away from me. But you know what what's interesting about this this sort of s- story is that it seems like these days for a culture war, you don't even need an adversarial position. There isn't like another side that's like at least a sizable uh group that's uh on the other side of this, right? Like the government should come in and do whatever or discontinue whatever, right? Like people are aware of the concerns, but it's like there's no like natural other side. Like if you pulled, do you like the stovetop nonsense? It's going to be a bipartisan. It's not going to be connected to like region or ideology right. or not anything. A, there's, not, there's not a population of Democrats who are, are demanding that the people at the Consumer Product Safety Administration or whatever it is. Right demand that they shut down the gas stoves because of all of the harm that it's doing. But at the same time, we're probably only a matter of weeks away from finding out about how this disproportionately impacts uh, children of color and minorities. <laughs> I'm sure and, the NPR and, story and the will pores, come out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because the, the pores have the gas stoves as well. In, in less, Do they? I don't have in, one. In less... Uh, a smaller percentage of the population for sure but when they do have the gas stove what they don't have is the proper ventilation because That's they're the probably true. they're the pores and so this disproportionately impacts the pores and the minorities and that this is a social justice issue and like i guarantee you as dumb as that is somebody's going to say it on npr at some point right. in the next 6 months but at the same time it doesn't mean that the republicans are right like this the bloomberg article at the end they include a quote from Mike McKenna, a GOP energy lobby- lobbyist, he says, if the CPSC really wanted to do something about public health, it would ban cigarettes or automobiles long before it moved on to address stoves, said Mike McKenna, a GOP energy lobbyist. It's transparently political. In what way yeah. is it transparently political? 
because I I recognize that there's a there's a lobby for the the cigarette industry and the automobile industry and 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 uh, any number of uh, other industries that there's a reason that we don't have stricter safety regulations on on God knows how many other consumer products. But who in the world is paying off the Democrats? Like, how is it political in that yeah, sense? Yeah. In the way that he's talking about it. Is there some cabal at General Electric that only wants to sell electric stoves moving forward? Because GE sells gas stoves just like they sell electric stoves. Like, who is the political special interest group that he's talking about here? He's not. He's When he says it's transparently political, he just means some weird, like, ephemeral uh, Democrats like to do stuff yeah, with government. I, yeah. And Republicans hate it yeah. when uh, you do stuff with government. That's the transparently political thing that he's talking about. And it's completely meaningless in the context of this article. Right. And also nothing is actually happening. It is it is bizarre because other things, other issues, it, you know, whatever your uh, position is on the border, that at least is an issue there. Abortion at least is an argument. Like this is just like a totally concocted thing. Like there's no threat of any stovetop being removed or taken or anything. It's, and there's no other side right. that's trying to push for it. It's just it's and it classically in classic fashion it misses what should just be a normal semi interesting conversation, yeah. which is like humans have been cooking with gas for fucking forever, right? Because we uh, we cook over fire for as long as humans have had fire. And oh, by the way, it turns out if you char your meat, you ingest more carcinogens, and uh, it's a possible uh, uh, cause of cancer. Right. Isn't that interesting? So, by the way, please don't char don't eat so much charred meat, humans. I've been be- saying that to me for so long it's so delicious yeah no it's fine it's, why it, is i'm that sure there? it's delicious but it's a carcinogen right so it could potentially damage dna and ultimately cause cancer fine uh, also it's an interesting conversation to have about like oh well moving forward we don't need to have all of these natural gas connections to houses because if we're going to really electrify everything we can also electrify the kitchen and it doesn't have to be these crappy like weird heat coil stoves that everyone has in their homes that do kind of suck right. like they get super hot and they don't cool down quickly so they're sort of a safety hazard in that way and they, and they don't look very nice like they look kind of shitty especially if, if you're the pores and you have a, a shitty looking stove with those exposed coils but but uh fun fact there's this new technology relatively new called induction cooking where like fucking magnets heat up your food with electricity and like people love it uh, it's expensive now because it's not widespread and it's relatively new but like that's going to be the future of cooking in all likelihood right. is when we talk about electrifying kitchens uh hopefully when you get to redo your kitchen someday you get this cool new induction cooktop and like that it's a perfectly fine interesting conversation to have but nobody's talking about it in, in those terms they're talking about it in terms of going to war over the government intrusion into your kitchen right but i guess you know simply put that that uh, discussion doesn't have the same engagement or level of engagement as this right so this is what people go for like this is the way to but talk why about why it. do we why do we care I, why do we, is it it must just be the medium right like the problem yeah. has to be and also, the medium that the internet yeah the internet yeah the internet basically changes everything because it's so different than everything else uh that has come before but also what's interesting is the level of change if something happens gradual enough nobody will complain and i thought we're that's the track we're on with a stovetop thing like whatever 
nonsense concerns there are. I wasn't aware of it. Uh, one day I would buy a new playing and somebody already figured it out and they, hey, that's what comes with this place. And I say, okay, where do I sign? And then a bunch of other apes do the same. And then in 20 years, like it's totally phased out. Everybody moves on. Nobody cares. If something happens gradually like that, nobody cares. Like, remember the, the, there was a time where people were smoking on the airplane, like on the airplane, like, right. and everywhere else, like at NASA, any, any like footage you see from the 60s and 70s, it's not just in, in the, the movies. hospital. It's everywhere. Everybody's smoking at all times. News broadcasts, they're like, oh, shit, Jack Kennedy's dead. And they're like, let me put this out. Let's talk about, like, Every time. And then somebody <laughs> said, maybe not. Maybe not do that. There was some pushback. But if you look at all the kids these days, I'm sure they look back. They're like, oh, this is great. Like, I can go to a restaurant. Kids these days are all vaping. That's what yeah, these kids are There have been a uh, resurgence of that. They're but smoking like, everywhere because it's not smoking. It's all the time. Right. gone full circle. But with that, since there were like real life health costs and they were significant, you couldn't wait for the gradual transition to whatever people are going to transition to, right? If you let it be. Uh, but with this one, I'm surprised that it's a thing because, like, just let it transition by itself naturally. There's no story here. You try to imagine, like, a, people freaking out about water heaters, right? Like, water heaters fucking suck. Like, there are these, these huge tanks in your house where you, uh, either with electricity or with gas... You take a big 30-gallon tank, and you just have to keep it hot all the fucking time so that when you turn on your, your sink or you go into the shower, uh, water comes out, and it's nice and warm, and you have a nice, pleasant life in your, in your modern house, and it's great. Uh, except when all the water is out of it, and it is very slow to heat this big 30-gallon tank, and so now you have just cold water or, or room-temperature water for a, an extended period of time. Well, now we have these new things. They're the, the tankless water heaters, and the water just sort of goes in one end, and it gets uh, it goes in there, and some fucking magic shit happens with electricity and stuff, and it comes out the other end, and it's hot, yeah. and you just have constant, always-on hot water. And, like, that would be great. That's just a pleasant technological innovation on a, uh, on a thing that... Like, eventually, one day I'm going to come home or I'm going to walk into my basement and my whole basement's going to be flooded because the water heater will have failed. It's just a thing that happens. Yeah. In our last apartment, we had a townhouse that we rented across town. The asshole lived next to us. Ah, uh, excuse me. He wasn't an asshole. No, he's fine. It's an uh, asshole in the non... The, no, no, yes. Is there a neutral uh, asshole? Just... The person yeah, it's, it's, it's who It's a neutral description us, of the person who lived next to us. Our neighbor, yeah. who we hadn't met. Hadn't even met. Uh, we're sitting there watching TV one day, and I noticed. What happened? You're so bad at this. Or we come back from dinner or something. Oh my God! Why don't you let me tell stories of things that happen? Because I could just make it up, and it'll be close enough. It will be true enough. Yes, but one of them is lying, and one of them is telling a story. You're lying. Inspired by true events. I was walking across. I was walking across the living room, and I got a wet sock, and I was like, "What's the deal with my wet sock?" In the middle of the living room, (laughs) and it was Christmas time. So we thought maybe it was from the Christmas tree. Oh, yeah. it, was there a did, did our Christmas tree leak? Yeah. Did we yeah. spring a leak in the? And then we asked the three year old, "Did you spill water?" And the three year old was like, "Yeah, probably." <laughs> <laughs> like, so then we left the house. Figured we'll deal with this when we come back. Okay. Then we came back, and the water was weirdly worse. Huh. Right in the middle of the floor, and trying to like lap it up. With a rag, I was creeping farther and farther toward the wall where we shared the wall with the townhouse next door. And so I thought maybe 
like something like a something happened over there. Yeah. So I went around and I knocked on their door expecting to have the door open and see like water running everywhere. But I knocked on the door and the guy opened the door and I was like, hi. And it was nothing. Yeah. And I was like, are you having a leak? And he was like, no. Like if like if someone knocked on your door right now yeah. and asked if you had a leak, you would be like, maybe. No. Are you trying to sell me something? <laughs> like, you what? creep. Get get out of here. So then I came back and was putting the kids to and I called I figured maybe it was some pipe under the thing. Yeah. Right, like some pipe that just runs machine. in between our our townhouses or something. Works. Like who knows how it works, but I think we called the We called the maintenance people. Yeah, and we're like there's a big leak in our place and this and is the emergency right maintenance away. guy. He's like, "Okay, yeah, I'm coming." And he knocks on the guy next door's uh, townhouse door, and he's like, "You got a leak." And the guy's like, uh, "No, I don't." He's like, "You do." And he comes in, and his <laughs> his water heater had had failed in the way that they do. It's just fucking water everywhere. Anyway, wait, nobody's gonna freak what? out. <laughs> what? So what? after telling Lori, it, it was on a slight downhill. It was okay. a slight hill, so he didn't know about right, it. And it's, in, it's in some fucking closet. But right? he wasn't so curious he enough and, after and be, closing the door, after the discussion with the neighbor. Think, yeah. I asked if he had a leak. You're not... Also, when someone asks if you have a leak, you check your toilets and your sinks. Right. No, no. I, I would open it with he how dare yeah, the you water know. Heater was in some Close the door <laughs> and then do a further investigation. Like, right. let's go back. Watch how TV. dare you know? And then and then go find the leak, <laughs> yes. which you almost certainly, definitely have. Yeah. Because yeah. who knocks on right. people's door for random stuff? I mean, clearly they're telling the truth. You, you do have to say face though uh, for liability. Anyway, the point is, is that's yeah. a shitty. It's a shitty product. Generally speaking, yes. they fail in catastrophic ways, and like they they only last for seven to ten years or something. So like we're just every day we're just rolling the dice. With our like fifteen year old water heater here, and like, I guess like the world is so fucking dumb that if some asshole at whatever agency is in charge of water heaters, uh, as it relates to the federal I don't government, think one. I didn't think there was one about lots of things, but I'm sure that there is. And and if he said, look, we're looking at maybe in ten to fifteen years uh, phasing out tank water heaters because of uh, various reasons. I'm sure there would be another big stupid explosion about it. Like, ah, you'll pull my tank water heater. Well, especially that's going because to ruin the tank plus ones are so expensive. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. And also, yeah. they don't work if the power goes out. Where, like, if the power goes out when we have this regular one, we have some hot water. Sure. We have this problem at work. We have both tankless water at work at the giant hair salon, which has water running literally constantly throughout the day. The water never stops running, but we also have a tank of water for when the power goes out so we can rinse the people and use the water we need to before we close. Okay. Fortunately, we're not a hair salon and we don't need Fortunately, to have Fortunately, we are not a hair things. salon. I don't also live at a hair salon. Uh, more things that I didn't want to talk about tonight includes the Biden classified documents <laughs> story. <laughs> Which I have not checked my phone since we started recording, but I'm going to go ahead and presume that uh, there has been another tranche of classified documents that Biden found somewhere in a glove box somewhere. Or Why do these old people print a, shit out? In a bedside what is with these table. Old people? Uh, Abe, is it worth talking about? Does it matter? Is this a vast conspiracy to make sure that Joe Biden <laughs> uh, finds himself basically ineligible to run? 
executed by uh, Democratic Party operatives who don't want him to be the president next time around? And is it basically exactly the same as Donald Trump? Uh, go ahead, go ahead and, and run through all of those well, stupid fucking talking points that we've heard for the last week and tell me why they're wrong. I'll, I'll go through the ones that I remember. Uh, so this is basically like an offsetting penalty. Like, I don't think this is really going to do much as far as damage politically, because it, literally a few months ago, we we're talking about the uh, classified stuff the other way. Right. Uh, with with Trump and. People were making arguments on either side, and now the opposite is true. Basically, people are making op- – well, not everybody. There are some people who are consistent, but uh, the loudest people have switched sides based on who's the one doing the releasing of information. What I don't get is that this is such a slam dunk uh, story to like make fun of because of just like – come on. It's just like a comedy of errors. Oh, I forgot it here. I forgot it there. I left some stuff at my... Uh, it's Mr. Magoo. We can it's retreat. old guy oh, doing left, things. I left a file of classified documents in the passenger seat of my old Corvette. How about that? Yeah, <laughs> and, fuck. Especially after the, they made a big meal out of like, oh, Biden would never, 40 years of this and da-da-da-da. And, and the, 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 the part that's missing is that there's so many, there are so many things that are classified or de- deemed classified. There are just so many documents that have stamps on them. I mean, I'm sure some of them are well, important. There are levels of classification right. I learned from my friend in the intelligence No, but even agency. tops, even like, and this is a, a longstanding thing that uh, like civil libertarians and people who worry about intelligence community overreach are concerned about, which is that they just classify everything. They, they classify right. the It's like a cover your ass kind of thing, new, right? Yeah. Right. They need a new toilet at the CIA, and so that becomes classified because you don't want the enemies finding out how many times uh, you had to flush that toilet. Because if they find out the bowel movements of the of the CIA director, then that could somehow compromise national security. Like, it's literally that dumb. Right. There are, like, uh, what we had for lunch is a classified document, potentially. And who knows what's in these classified documents? And it's obviously not the same as Donald Trump taking letters from uh the the hermit kingdom the the dictator and and taking them as like prizes as though they were his own personal property down to mar-a-lago and then when when they ask for them back donald trump is like yeah i gave that back uh you should probably double check your files there because i I gave that back and i don't have any more shit Uh, it's not the same like it's very clearly not the same it doesn't mean that it's not a big deal but it's also not the same and further there's not a single undecided voter in history to whom this matters. There's nobody who's sitting around going, yeah, I don't know about Joe Biden, given the fact that he was careless with those classified documents and had them in the in the seat of his Corvette. It's purely a thing for motivated political partisans to take stupid positions on and, and pretend that they care about something that they definitely don't care right. about. Now, this one, I mean, again, it's, it's a very stupid uh thing to happen and the way that the story kind of unraveled were oh there's five documents here there's two documents there but like these kind of stories kind of come and go like you know like and and for whatever reason the 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 biden administration so far has been they have done a lot of weird like fuck ups where like how do you screw this up like you remember the, the baby formula they their agency did something to it and they never got ahead of it until it became a big problem uh the whole Afghanistan, like there are a lot of stuff where it's just like, how do you fuck that up? But like once the fuck up is recognized, they generally 
do everything by the book after that. So like, you know, all the other stuff they've done since has been fine. Like where they're reporting it, even though it's a political hit every time. Their press secretary, their press secretary is not doing them any favors. She is terrible on this and basically everything else. But there is, yes, Uh, you're right. She's kind of stammering about and whatnot, but what would be the right formulation? I mean, you, you just got to eat the shit. Like, hey, we fucked up. Like, or, you know, it wasn't like gross negligence. It just kind of inadvertently left something there. It happens. What are you going to do? But they can't say that, right? Like, I mean, what would be the right answer? Like, get like the what would CJ Craig said? Yeah. Like, what would that be? Like, It's to get high and mighty and say, look, this is a longstanding problem. We overclassify stuff and we need to reform that. Uh, the president when he was the vice president uh should have been more careful and certainly uh we should have discovered this earlier yeah and his handlers should have been more careful because he's too old to not have people going behind him making sure he shreds all the things he's printed because he doesn't know how to use a computer right they're also a bunch of narcissistic sociopaths who like think that like having piles of important documents is meaningful and somehow like gives them a legacy or something along those lines. Like it is, it's a common problem. And the only people who ever really suffer for it are, and and this is pointed out every time this sort of thing comes up, this happens all of the time. And the only people who actually go to jail for it are people without power. The, The ones at the top of the, of the chain never get in trouble, but reality winner takes one, document out of the NSA or wherever the hell that she was, and she goes to jail for an extended period of time, whereas Trump and Biden just have reams, apparently, yeah. of classified documents uh, and I mean, won't suffer any meaningful the consequences The difference is they, at one point, had a, a right to, to, to look at it at all at all times during their period. I do wonder... Uh, I don't know if... The I, charge is the same as mishandling of classified information. Right, but th- nobody's going to be charged with that if you're the president. I mean, that, that doesn't make any sense. That wouldn't happen, but on the point of the the way that the Biden team, the legal side, handled it, where they're disclosing every like you know two today, five on Thursday, like like all of the stuff where it's kind of this drip, 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 drip coverage. Am I incorrect in my recollection? Did the National Archives seek the documents for from Trump quietly at first, and then it became a public matter? Yes. Do you think that if it wasn't this big brouhaha? Right, like let's say Trump didn't take documents just for show or whatever, and then made a big show about not returning all of the documents and that back and forth that led to the seizure, and it became a and big saying, public And saying spectacle. out loud, like, "No, these are mine," right. and you didn't freak out about Obama and Hillary, so fuck right. you, I'm keeping so them. Let, like that—that that was his response. Right. So none of that. Let's say none of that happened. We're in this alternate world where none of that. Trump leaves, and he doesn't take any documents. Everything is fine. Wouldn't the national art? Wouldn't there be like all of this under the cover of the public? Like somebody would have be a total. It would be a total non-story. Right. Like the lawyer would, would have reached out it, and said, "Hey, here you go." It would maybe warrant mention in on on page thirty nine right. of the newspaper or something. Like the uh, Biden administration working with the National Archives and the FBI has found out that potential for uh, some mishandled classified documents, it's not clear to anyone that uh, any meaningful information was exposed along the way or even what's in these documents. Uh, and it's and it's a total non-story. But because yeah. it fits so neatly with all of the righteous indignation that was spread in the last year over Trump and his documents and the whole... And that's why it comes down to everything will just be better when Donald Trump is dead. Uh, in in every possible regard, which is that 
if of people natural didn't causes, feel like, right? You're not saying it. Uh, yes, obviously, natural causes. But if people didn't feel like they were now winning one for Donald Trump yeah. by bringing up all of this with Joe Biden, then we wouldn't be even talking about it now. Right. It's completely meaningless. Right. And also right. didn't help of the, the, the way people were, without any reservation, just dunking on like, oh, there's no way anybody else would do this. And I'm like... Maybe not the way he did it, but like inadvertently, right. the, you know, the sort of the sort of breathless garbage uh, Joe Biden in his interview with Scott Pelley in 60 Minutes back when this was happening with Trump. He's like, oh, when you saw the photograph of the top secret documents laid out on the floor at Mar-a-Lago, what did you think to yourself looking at that image? How that could possibly happen, how one, anyone could be that irresponsible. And I thought, what data was in there that may compromise sources and methods? By that, I mean names of people who helped, or et cetera. And it's just uh, totally irresponsible. There could be real sources and methods. <laughs> there could be dead bodies because of this. You, get, you take this stuff seriously, right. man. Right. We take it. We t- Come on, man. We take it seriously. Yeah. And then he's like literally got shit in his glove box in his garage. Right. Like, it, what the fuck? A missed opportunity by the uh, PR team. They should. Al- you should always work in doing a routine review of documents, you know, make it seem like you do like a regular check and that's how it was sussed out. Like, oh, very rigorous system we got in place, internal controls, and during one of those, we discovered these documents. That way people are like, oh, they're on the ball. They know what they're doing, but they didn't say that. All right. Uh, You'll recall George Santos (laughs) favorite elected (laughs) to Congress. Uh, sworn in eventually after the after the speakership was decided. He's gone by uh, other names in the past. Anthony DeVolder is one of them. He apparently was. I mean, this is neither. This is not even why I bring it up. But basically, every couple of days, more shit comes out about this guy. About like weird and crazy yes. lies he's told and the weird connections, and ways that he's yeah, the, defrauded people. Yeah. Uh, there was one where he might possibly have been sort of pretending to be trans in a speech that he was giving. What? Like, or not, not really pretending to be a trans person, but very much giving people the room to believe that they might be engaging with a trans person. That's not why I bring it up. The reason I bring it up is because Patch.com, which is a organization that has different local news sites all over the place, I found this today on Twitter. Apparently, Santos, when he was calling himself Anthony DeVolder, he helped raise $3,000 for a veteran to have stomach surgery on the veteran's service dog. And instead of getting the surgery for the dog, he just absconded with the three grand and then said... uh, (laughs) that the dog wasn't going to be able to get the surgery. Apparently, the shape of this scam goes something like this. So some vet tech where this guy was getting his dog looked at said, the bad news is your dog needs a surgery. It costs about $3,000, and you obviously don't have that. But the good news is I know a guy who who has a pets charity, and I've seen him help other folks out in the past and he connects him with uh george santos and then george santos says 
uh, okay, uh, I'll set up the GoFundMe, and then uh, you'll promote it on your social media, and I'll promote it on my social media, and then we'll get your dog the surgery. And so that that's what happens. They raise $3,000. He then gets the guy in a car with his dog and drives him to another vet, a pre-visit to figure out what's going right. on with this dog, just just with a, a vet that Santos says that he regularly works with, right? So we're, we're not going to use your guy. We're going to use my guy because my charity is always working with my guy. Dog goes in. Uh, the guy says it looks like a legitimate vet's office, but the the guy at this at Santos's vet's office is like, oh, this is is too far. I'm sorry, it's too far gone. There's nothing we can do for this dog. Surgery. Is it's not going to happen. This is an inoperable tumor. Uh, operating on this dog would just kill no him. No way. So, uh, so sorry. Uh, he gets the guy back in the car and drives him back to New Jersey and drops him off, and then stops answering his fucking phone calls. Uh, so he didn't uh, recommend uh, that they they put the dog down or anything. Just like, hey, bad news, but you you decide. No. I'm going to fuck off with your money. Right. And so he keeps con like the guy he keeps calling Santa. He's like, come on, man. Like this is- you raised all this money for my dog. Can I at least take him back to this other vet who said that he wanted to do the surgery and that it would cost $3,000? And Santos is like, nope, sorry, this is my guy. And that money has already been set aside for other dogs. And <laughs> there's nothing we can do for your dog. And that's sort of the end of the story. So they- that just San- <laughs> Santos is a real piece of shit is, is the end of the story. Is it is it possible? I don't think we did this at the uh, look ahead to 2023. Is this guy going to be in some jail at the end of the year, either in Brazil or America? Do you think he survives 2023? He's not only not going to be in jail, he's, he got two, two committee, committee assignments I mean, You know, today. low wrong, but okay. <laughs> so he's going to be just fine. It, and what's funny is like he probably just needs the money. Like he would, yeah. he would probably fuck off. Except he really needs the fucking paycheck. Yeah. I guarantee you, that's why why he's sticking around. But it'll, it'll never be enough. But the problem is, there's a. I mean, this is a far fetched scenario. But if he's doing these scams with dogs and other things, like he probably made some stuff up when he's applying for citizenship and all of this stuff. Like if anybody did any oh, digging, would you question the authenticity <laughs> of his citizenship documents? I w- would you throw that? <laughs> would you throw that stone, Abe? <laughs> I'm just saying, if somebody were to look into it, I'm sure there's some weird thing. Cause the name, right? Uh, there's a lot of, uh, but yeah, we'll see if this guy yeah. makes it to 24 as is. All right. Uh, I think I'm going to save this uh, Z-Biotics and alcohol oh. conversation for another time. What the hell is Z-Biotics? Uh, we'll talk about we'll it another, about time, it another time, Abe. That's a, that's a tease for you, as they say in the biz. Uh, the the other thing is the the New York Times article about how you alcohol is, isn't safe at any speed, basically, yeah. that all, all alcohol is bad for you. But we'll we'll talk about that. Uh, next week in our bogus future uh just quickly the there's a big piece in the new york i think it's a new york times magazine piece probably coming out this sunday uh but i think just published online today about elon musk and tesla and self-driving which i think is worth reading about uh we don't have to go into it uh, but i'll make sure there's a link in the show notes basically it's Tesla is facing a number of lawsuits that are all sort of coming up in the next few months over concerns that they overpromised and underdelivered on their self-driving car technology stuff and that that possibly led to people trusting it more than they should have 
and therefore to uh, preventable death. And it's a it's a very good and interesting piece that explores it sort of at a more removed and philosophical level. It tries to take a less inflammatory look at Elon Musk and a more sort of forgiving one saying like, look, this is a guy who keeps saying over and over again, I want to do the most good for the most people. And in a utilitarian calculus sort of way, the faster we get to autonomous driving, the fewer dead people there will, there will be. And uh, he doesn't come out and say, you know, you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet. But it's sort of the implication right. there is all of, these, all of these beta testers that the only way to really train the algorithm and the artificial intelligence is to get a whole bunch of cars on the road doing the beta test for this product. And uh, that might be a problem in terms of uh, being an individual who – say, goes on Musk's Twitter account and he keeps talking about this full self-driving stuff and how it's safer than putting any asshole, uh, random asshole off the street behind the wheel, that the computers are doing a better job of driving than a, than a human can, when that might not necessarily be the case in every individual circumstance that a person right. uh, happens upon as they're driving down the highway at 75 miles an hour. I don't know um, what the classification is, but like, isn't like, we're not at that level where you can just get in a car, you know, say I want to go to the McDonald's across town and then start reading a book, right, or taking a nap, right? We're not at that level, but uh, – I can show you some YouTube right. videos where so people do YouTube, basically just yeah. that, and it's terrifying. Right. So, so yeah. there's this two competing things where like by the books, I think any legal challenge, I think they're in the clear based on what I – not this article, but in prior articles, they said – it's classified appropriately, like where the driver still has to be always there. Sure. In, in all of the fine prints, it absolutely is. The question almost is, is Musk such a compelling and powerful and inspirational figure that he inspires irrational levels of faith in people who then go on to do stupid things and and die because of well, it? And, no, that's dumb. Right? Yeah, I, I think. But he does. Like, but it's weird is that he definitely does. Like, it doesn't mean not, it doesn't mean that he's necessarily he, he's too right, charismatic. It, it he's doesn't mean in that trouble. He's, it doesn't mean that he's legally liable necessarily. Uh, that's all I care about. Well, sure, but some judge and some jury somewhere is going to find the opposite. They're going to find that he is. Uh, potentially at fault here i guarantee well, okay. it okay and there will be a, a huge damages award done and it will well, be painful for the it. company i think he'll be fine legally but if there was an argument that i could see raised i don't think it would be that like oh he people just believe this guy and so they, darn but, charming you but, gotta throw him in jail but I, you know the the technology as is is very inviting and it's like i'm sure it works so often so consistently that it could lure somebody into a sense of, hey, this machine. Well, like cruise control that Bob uses all the time. Yeah. Right. No good. But apparently, in, in the ideal, <laughs> what's wrong with cruise control? In, in, in ideal settings, the Tesla is like a hundred percent. Like you know, like in, in LA and broad daylight, and all the you know the roads are well mapped out. It's like oh, I literally can go to sleep, no problem. But then you. Like one little thing changes. So what's funny is that it, the whole it, thing. it doesn't. Act, the, the maps the maps don't factor. So Tesla decided years ago that they weren't going to use lidar, which is basically laser radar, is is a layman's way of understanding it. But 
they weren't going to rely on systems that required very minute with very minute detail understanding the lay of the land as it exists that because like like say for example you wanted to start a uh, autonomous taxi service in a town right then what you would do is you would get very detailed maps of every single street and stop sign and stoplight in that town and then you would train your system to understand that and then you combine it with some system that that is visual that can see changes in the environment and and interact with other cars and and pedestrians and bicyclists and all the rest but it would be a two-tiered system where you you rely on both a computerized system of maps and also a, a visual interface with the world and then the thing can just go about its process tesla decided that that was stupid and that it was impossible basically to keep a fully updated encyclopedia of maps that that would work for the entire country or eventually for the entire world and that that there's too much road construction and things are always changing and they're throwing up new signs and like the, there's a there's a light out or a, or a blinking red light instead of a green light and so what they decided to do is to f- commit fully to mapping the world visually the same way that a driver does and then teaching the computer and the the artificial like a intelligence right sort of like a, a super advanced roomba of instead of teaching the roomba the layout of your house with some sort of floor plan that you plug into it it instead sort of learns its environment as it does its job and what they in order to make that work they need millions upon millions of hours and miles driven and it has broken a few eggs along the so way so those broken eggs are basically like uh growing pains like growing deaths like right. hey what are you gonna do Right, and if they can continue to argue that an autopilot crash happens one every ten million miles, as opposed to one every one million miles when a human is behind the behind the wheel, then they can continue to say that it's actually way safer. And it, you know, you know what's, what's what's weird is that even whenever they work out the kinks, let's say thirty years from now, right? All the, these five years from now bullshit scenarios, none of that is ever going to happen. I'm sure we've been five years from now like twenty times by now, uh, but. In 30 years, I'm saying 2050-ish, we figured all this out. Uh, legally, there would still have to be like a responsible driver, right? Like, it can't just be like, I don't know, this machine Not killed a kid. Like, who's responsible? Like, I think that the Tesla model for autonomous driving is in all likelihood an in-between technology. That even if once they get it right and, and perfected, this is why I've never – I mean – now we're now I'm into full speculation mode, right? It's just now now it's time for pure bullshit. Well, I was talking about but 2050. I'm now. also speculating. I thought that Tesla's model was that they were going to use the idea. The reason that they were so incredibly overvalued, like at one time, they were worth all of the top ten auto companies in the world, and they hadn't even sold a million cars yet, right? Like their their valuation was utterly out of control, and it was because. Musk was insistent that they were going to perfect full self-driving and then license it to the rest of the world, basically, right? So you could have full self-driving that you paid for in your Tesla for $12,000 on top of the amount of money that you spent on the Tesla. 
But also, if you had a Ford, you could license the full self-driving software from Tesla and just talk to your Ford computer in your Ford car, and it would uh, cost you twelve or $15,000 or something, right? Or, or, or some subscription that you would pay on a month-to-month basis. That was the idea. That was part of the reason why Tesla was so uh, valued the way that it was. And part of the reason that I never bought that is because I see Tesla's version of autonomous driving as an absolute in-between technology between here and having a bunch of cars that are fully networked and able to communicate with one another. That is the future of artificial intelligence driving. It's that we get to the point where we have these networks. Like 5G was supposed to give us uh, whatever, fucking 50 times more upload and download speed than 4G was, right? But it turns out that 5G was just sort of a bogus sales pitch done by Verizon and AT&T, and it's not particularly that much faster than the previous generation was. But eventually, we will get wireless technology, wireless uh, information networks that have, like, super fast speeds, like broadband, legitimate, like, terabyte speeds of information that can fly through the air. And once you get that and you network all of the cars together, you don't really need visual information about anything. Because as I'm driving down the highway, my Honda is talking to the Toyota that's next to me, and it's talking to the Ford that's uh, three cars ahead, and all of the cars are talking to one another. You don't need to understand anything except what's happening with those cars. And as long as all of the cars are plugged into the network, they can talk to one another and move about seamlessly without ever really having to slow down. It's basically what, if you look at the clip, uh, I'll put a clip in the show notes, the way that the cars in Minority Report yeah. move about, yeah. like they're they're these pods basically, and 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 Tom Cruise drives a drives quote unquote, and the roads look like roller coasters, right? And so you just have this sort of autonomous uh, pod basically, but it's in constant communication with everything around it. And once we get to that point, that's when we'll have truly autonomous self-driving vehicles. And and uh, whenever we get to the tipping point, uh, you would make illegal manual car like normal human cars. Right, and well, there'll be in, some uh, uh, Fox in, News spread about be, you. It would be illegal to drive in the city or something along those you lines. Yes, like once you truck. once you hook yeah. into the network, yeah. it's not safe for the right. human to be in charge. The the hive mind has to figure right. it out. And then, yeah, when you drive out into the country or whatever, you can you can go on a drive. You can keep your America that you grew up with, I guess, uh, if you really want to. You could have like a a hero unit where they uh, corner the. Uh, non-compliant one and they steer them off you know to get them away mm-hmm. from all the normal people who are I like where ball. this is going yeah. do the robots win yeah. at the end of yeah. this movie but there are, fuck yes robots win there, can we talk about the zombie thing there, are we done are no we're not done or you gotta play a game we gotta play a game here real quick I'm afraid okay real quick the game is a it's a new spin on an old favorite it's time for uh, whack shit or Ooh. wacky shit alright yeah, this is other people's podcasts edition Abe, I don't know if you know this, but out there in the not your, don't worry. This is not about the Buckler. Okay. This is not. This will not be a quiz about what awful misogyny was or was not said on your other Bitches podcast. Be. We really should get like uh, lawyers Which, to defend our program. Is there a podcast you called Bitches I, B? That would be a good name for a podcast. It's the subhead of every the Buffer episode. We talk sports too. Bitches B. As much fun as it would be to quiz you on how much misogyny was done on your other podcast this week, uh, we're not going to do that. Also, uh, unrelated, semi-unrelated anyway, your podcast has, uh, as I would not have guessed at the start of your podcast's run, 
is now it's just it overflows with divorced guy energy. <laughs> I know I, I don't want to talk out of school here, but like the whole thing, it went from just like ah, oh, just the fellas hanging hanging about, having a good time on a night off away from the kids to like just angry divorced dad podcast. Now you need a you need a rebrand. Do bitches be is the rebrand? Yeah. All right. Anyway, there are a a lot of podcasts, yes. uh, even more than the ones that you're yes. on. And my question is, are the following podcasts real? All right. The following is either actual marketing copy from actual podcasts that you can uh, listen to wherever it is you find your podcasts, or just some wacky shit that I made up. Okay. There are one, two, three, four, five uh, potential podcasts. There might be five real ones. There might be five uh, wacky ones that I made up or some combination thereof. Okay. I tried to pick podcasts that I don't think you would be uh, immediately familiar with. I listen with, to so. all podcasts. What are you talking about? <laughs> there are so goddamn many podcasts. It's You're incredible. telling me. <laughs> all right. This is uh, number one, the Think Like a Champion podcast with Russell Wilson. <laughs> here's, the, here's the copy. Reach your goals. Transcend your limits develop the Stop. mind of a champion in this life-changing podcast co-hosts russell wilson harry wilson and trevor moad dig deep into the psyche of high performance athletes and leaders who push the boundaries of human potential every day then they reveal their mindset secrets so you can apply them to your own life and achieve your next win Interviews include a star-studded roster of Olympic champions, NFL stars, business moguls, and more. From Tim Tebow's insight on finding greater purpose in life to Michaela Schifrin's advice on facing performance anxiety, Von Miller's guide to managing emotions under extreme pressure, and Ciara and Russell's secrets to relationship success. <laughs> Each episode shares proven mental techniques that have gotten the world's most elite performers across the finish line and beyond. Whether you're looking to win in business, fitness, relationships, or well-being, this podcast will give you the motivation and the tools you need to level up in every aspect of life. <laughs> Abe, is that, is that a podcast you can find on uh, your preferred podcast catcher or some wacky shit that I made up? Oh, it's a, it's a testament to how wacky uh, uh, Russell Wilson is because I was like, yeah, this could actually be a podcast that he would do. But no, I'm going to say this is a made-up thing. Lori, do you have a guess? I think it's real. Lori thinks it's real. I'm going to now, as I will for all of these, I will tease you with whether or not a clip will play okay. from the podcast. As I press play on my device here, will we hear something from uh, Think? What was it? Was it Think Like a Champ? Think Like something a Champ, like yeah. Uh, that's pretty inspirational music. Yeah. I'll wait for it. Isn't that what a champion listens to? Welcome to the Think Like a Champion podcast, the podcast where we reveal the mental strategies of elite performers so you can apply them to your own life and raise your game. <laughs> this is Harry Wilson, and I'll be one of your co-hosts. I'm Russell Wilson, quarterback of the Denver Broncos and co-host of this podcast oh, with my brother, Harry. Lord. <laughs> I'm excited to bring you this production, which was created by our company, Limitless Minds. He's such a fucking the goal herb. Limitless Minds Limitless is mind. to teach you how to <laughs> have a mindset without limits. It's always been my belief that the key to improving every aspect of your life, from business to athletic performance to relationships, all depends on cultivating the right mindset. 
In this podcast, my co-host and I sit down with the best of the best, from Olympic champions, business leaders, spiritual gurus, to star I gotta coaches, it, I gotta let it play athletes. out so I can get to the next one. We find out their mental Sorry, secrets we listen of success to it. <laughs> and show you how you can apply them so you can level up in every area of your life. All right, there we have it. So, uh, you know, if if Russell Wilson was not good at football, uh, like he would be like, would like he a, be good at anything? Keith Raniere, like scam artist, like maybe not to the level of success that he had, but the That's way the thing, you got to be kind of smart to do that. He's Gator, smart enough Gatorade's, for that. Gatorade's the best, isn't Gatorade the best? <laughs> yes, yeah, help peddle some water nonsense. I'm telling you, the way he's talking. He'd be into this little cult. He is, he's the fucking worst. Uh, it is also of note, I think, Think Like a Champion, which is the name of that podcast, uh, available, by the way, on Audible, so that the Amazon Amazon fucking paid for that piece of shit for by some way, reason. I, uh, as you were explaining uh, the whole copy, I was like, you know, would Bob really stoop to this level to where he would concoct all of that for a totally made-up thing? And my conclusion was that, yes, you would. And that's why... Oh, I, I definitely would. I didn't have to. Yeah. Uh, because what I, what I did was, I'm going to make up a wacky Russell Wilson podcast. <laughs> and then I Googled Russell Wilson podcast. And it was all right there for me. I didn't have to do any work at all, as it turned out. I couldn't... I could not have... I mean, I would have written it much more, obviously, absurdly. But I don't know if I could have done it... Uh, like the, I mean, that's why I knew it wasn't you. There was a sincerity to it that you completely lack. Is it a chart-topping product? Is it, like, up there? Yeah, <laughs> we all listen to it. As I was uh, saying, Think Like a Champion is the name of the podcast. Oh, also, man. that was a 2010 book by Donald Trump, which Ooh. is just perfect. Like, wow. how could it be any more perfect? Oh, uh, it could have first been a book by Donald fucking Trump. <laughs> Uh, also, it's a sequel to Russell Wilson's right, move it along. first podcast, which was called the Danger Talk podcast <laughs> that he started that he started during the pandemic. He he thinks of himself as that, like in his like handle Danger Russ. I mean, I guess it kind of goes together, but he oh, thinks Danger he's Russ. That's cute. It's not cute. All right, number two here. O for O for one for Abe. I was uh, score. Number two, Frosted Tips with Lance Bass. Their ballads and bops got you through your teenage years. Now let your favorite boy bands guide you through adulting. The ultimate boy bander and host, Lance Bass, will help us as we navigate the ups and downs of parenting, marriage, and everything in between. Each week, Lance Bass and his husband, Michael, will be joined by our biggest boy band crushes. Step by step, we will relive decades of boy band nostalgia by chatting with your all-time faves each week. From new kids to BSB to 98 degrees and, of course, in sync, no boy band left behind. So let's go in one direction and have some fun because we should never have to say bye 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 when you've got the right stuff. <laughs> Abe, is that uh, is that a real podcast that you could listen to right now on Google, Spotify, or Stitcher, or is that some wacky shit I made up? Quick question: Is LFO not a uh, boy band? Oh, they are. Okay. Which one was LFO? Uh, Abercrombie yeah. and Fitch. Chinese oh, food does something to them. Do you, you know? remember? Do you remember? When we met that summer. New kids on the block had a bunch of hits. Chinese food makes me sick. And I think it's fly when girls stop by for the summer. 
for the summer. I like girls that wear Abercrombie and Fitch. Oh, oh, stop. That's enough. <laughs> I'm going to go with it's two on the nose. I know I already said the previous one was fake because it was two on the nose and I was wrong. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to say this is uh, whichever one is the, the fake one. Right, wacky shit is what Abe says. Lori? That one's hard. I think that I think that you wrote that. All right. We'll find out. I'm going to press the button here. Hey, I'm Lance Bass, host of the new iHeart podcast, Frosted Tips with Lance Bass. The hardest thing to know who to turn to when questions arise or times get tough or you're at the end of the road. Ah, uh, okay. I see what you're doing. Do you ever think to yourself, what advice would Lance Bass and my favorite boy bands give me in this situation? If you do, you've come to the right place because I'm here to help. This I promise you. Oh, God. Seriously, I swear. And you won't have to send an SOS because I'll be there for you. Oh, man. And so my husband, Michael. Um, hey, that's me. Yep, we know that, Michael. And a different hot, sexy teen crush boy bander each week to guide you through life step by step. Oh, not another one. Mm -hmm. Kids, relationships, life in general can get messy. You may be thinking, this is the story of my life. Oh, just stop now. If so, tell everybody, <laughs> yeah, everybody about my new podcast and make sure to listen so we'll never ever have to say bye-bye-bye. Listen to Frosted Tips with Lance Bass on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts beginning January well, Good 9th. for him. There you have it. What do you know? But see, the built-in groans. At least that changes things. Enough. Yeah. I must admit, that's the uh, podcast that inspired this segment. I was listening mm -hmm. to some other podcast, and that advertisement no came on. No kidding. I mean, it sounds like a pair. What was it? Frosted Tips or... Frosted tips with Lance Bass. <laughs> what the fuck? All right. Oh, speaking of which, and he he does give you the uh, wherever it is that you find your podcasts. Yeah. That we I'm sure I've talked about this on the show before. We got to come up with a better way of inviting people to listen to podcasts than suggesting that nobody actually knows where podcasts are, and then like like. Wherever it is that a person would find a podcast, go there, I guess. I'm not sure where that might be. Yeah, but it's, like, it's one of the first things that Bob said that made me laugh was wherever books are sold. Yeah. I think that it is <laughs> similar to that. Wherever books are sold is the like same you don't thing. Know. It is weird. As though the person does not know. You can get it where But you where can kind of see sold. why they say that because it would be too long to list the most popular yeah. ones. But it is weird how, like, you know, like, Google was dominant enough to where you just say Google it, right? But right. there's no, like, I mean, you would think Apple and Google, whatever. They usually say, like, a Apple, Spotify, and Stitcher or yeah. something along but those But then there's, lines. like, all the The best ones. one is the um, uh, that stupid news show that we watch, Meet the Press, the Chuck Todd cast. The way he says it is, wherever you get your podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Chuck Todd cast, wherever you get your podcast maybe that's like a personal thing maybe like they get a lot of shit like fucking chuck todd you didn't talk about pocket cast that's the only thing that i use like some further down the list uh, podcast maybe. app that people use which is what i right, use right number three here this is uh fat joy with sophia apostol the Fat Joy Podcast is a joyful rebellion against anti-fatness. Each episode is a conversation between host and professional coach, Sophia Apostle, and another fat person about how to flourish in our fat... 
What is that in the copy? Another fat person? This is all. This is all the. Co- this is what I'm telling you. This is, okay. this if this is, is true, copy. I'm gonna quit on this fucking game. <laughs> How to Another flourish in our fat phobic world? We're exploring the harms, biases, and oppressions we've experienced while living in a world that marginalizes plus size and fat bodies and promotes the lies of diet culture. But most importantly, we're sharing how we still dare to have the audacity and courage to reach towards joy and live our best lives while advocating for collective fat liberation and body positivity. And at the end of every episode, Sophia reads you a poem. Abe, is that uh, whack shit or wacky shit? You know, earlier we're talking about that shanking kicker, right? How he lost his confidence. I can shank twice, and I am still 100%. I would put all my money. There is no way a podcast about fat whatever would reference somebody as another fat person. It just <laughs> Sure they do. <laughs> all right, uh, Abe says wacky Lock shit. It Bob made up. Lori, what do you got? I think that that's real. Lori thinks it's real. I will p- press the button. Oh, man. Hello, lovelies. Welcome to the Fat Joy Podcast, where we talk <laughs> each week about how to flourish in an anti-fat world. I'm Sophia Apostle, a fat person and professional coach who loves talking to other fat people about what it's like to live within oppressive systems that marginalize our bodies and how we still dare to have the audacity and courage to reach towards our collective liberation and embrace our joy. Please know this is an adult content podcast, so there will be swears. Oh, she's going to say some bad about words. harms we've experienced, and we will be rebelling against diet culture, anti-fatness, ableism, racism, etc. If you'd like to support the Fat Joy podcast, please check us out. All right. <sighs> okay. Uh, it's weird. First, before you say anything, <laughs> it is hilarious to me. The way that she talks about how she loves talking to oppressed people about how we are oppressed. I'm Sophia Apostle, a fat person and professional coach who loves talking to other fat people about what it's like to live within oppressive systems that marginalize our bodies. How oppressed are you really if your favorite thing to do is to sit around with other oppressed people and talk about how oppressed you are. I don't think it's that bad, actually, if that's what, uh, if your feeling about it is that you love to sit around and talk about it. Is being overweight an oppressed class? Abe, I have a podcast that can answer that question for you. It's called Fat Joy with Sophia Apostle. Maybe I am like the, uh, that maher kicker. You know, I don't know why you keep trotting me out, Bob. I'm going to keep shanking the the last two, but... (laughs) I can't believe that that's actually a thing. Now, in my delusion, I'm going to assume that that's like a parody podcast. That, that's my new thinking. No, it's, there's it's no way sure a normal not. person says that. Check out that. the show notes. It's, I'll, I'll be sure that there's a link to wherever it is that you get your podcast. I'm going to listen to all the episodes. So I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll, I'll get to the bottom of it. All right. Number four here. There's only five, so you got two to go. Number four. Mo- this is, it's just titled Mookie Blaylock's Podcast. And the, the only description of it is one that I had to come up with because there was no ad copy, all right? So so it's very minimal. So I'm just it's, judging it based on whether there is or there isn't a Mookie whether, Blaylock. Whether there is or is not a Mookie Blaylock's okay. podcast, okay. which is, in fact, a three-episode run from 2009 about the goings-on in a Minneapolis, Wisconsin high school. That's, that's the question. 
Um, noticing a pattern here, so I uh, I have nothing to go off of other than just to say uh, this is uh, fake. Fake. I'm going to stick with that. Fake. Lori, is there such a thing as Mookie Blaylock's this, podcast? It seems, yeah. Lori says yes. All right. We will find the audio, press the audio button here. Interesting article from the Star Tribune. Especially interesting for me. I teach at Wazetta High School, and we're actually we're planning to, later on this year, open up our wireless networks and allow students to start using them. So we started getting inundated with how that was going to affect us during in-service. Some teachers are a little bit uh, concerned, uh, especially because we have, I guess, a finite number of access points to our wireless network. And essentially, once somebody is on there, you can't kick them back off. So some teachers are actually, we're going to have to share the same network. So people are concerned that it's going to be, students are going to fill it up before school even starts, and then teachers won't be able to get on. Uh, the other concern is that students will be able to use this for cheating and other stuff like that. I'm not really too sure that that's going to happen. Most of the or a lot of the students have phones that they can access the internet on anyway, and it hasn't really been a concern. I think this is actually just going to be a nice way for us to be able to start using some of it for educational purposes, and I think it could be pretty cool, especially as these things get more and more popular, to try to find ways of, of putting them to academic uses. So should be interesting to see. And that was the uh, third and final episode of a podcast called Mookie Playlock's <laughs> Podcast from 2009. Not clear anywhere what, uh, what Mookie Blaylock has to do with that podcast uh, or anything along those lines. So, uh, But that's what it is. I, I will make sure that there's a link there to Mookie Blaylock's podcast that was the third and final episode it was the longest episode the, the second episode was 44 seconds long wow and the first episode which was just a test was uh less than 30 seconds long so so, so far that kind of podcast all four were actual podcasts all four i assume they were not over for over four all right number five here uh True. number five is called right. <laughs> coming up short with dave meggett and chris calloway Chris Calloway was a star wideout for the New York Giants who lost most of his career earnings after a business partner in Atlanta turned out to be running a treacherous Ponzi scheme. His co-host, teammate and longtime Giants tailback and one of the NFL's all-time leading punt returners, Dave Meggett, is currently serving a 30-year sentence in a South Carolina penitentiary. Though both men are famously short in physical stature, their weekly chats about their successful football careers in college and the NFL overcoming adversity on and off the field, and unique takes on the cultural news of the day prove that it's not the size of the man in the fight, but the size of the fight in the man that really matters. Guests in the first season of Coming Up Short include former NFL stars Maurice Jones-Drew and Darren Sproles, former NBA stars Muggsy Bogues and Allen Iverson, and Olympic speed skating champion, the legend Apollo Ono, and many more. Legal note, Dave Meggett is permitted to participate by order of the State Superior Court of South Carolina, and his proceeds are directed to fulfilling his court-ordered child support obligations. Wait, so this guy is doing a podcast from prison? Yeah, like Adnan Syed did. Right, That's but right. this guy's doing a whole, like, hour. Did he, is he doing reads? <laughs> this is brought to you by. <laughs> Do you remember Dave Meggett or Chris Calloway from their playing days on the New York Meggett football Meggett sounds familiar. Uh, Calloway... I don't know. I keep on thinking. It's, I have a picture in my head. Joey Calloway. There was some other guy. Yeah, you must be thinking of someone else. Yeah, uh, but 
coming up short. What a great do they have like a, a height ceiling? <laughs> you know, you can't have LeBron showing up because it's too tall. Only short people for their sport. Is that the whole gimmick? I don't know, Abe. You'll have to uh, check out the link after I <laughs> after I send it to you. All right, I'm gonna stick this, with my uh, true prediction. This is this sounds about right. right. So you, Lori, is this a real podcast or yeah. some wacky shit I made up? It's probably real. All the present things seem ridiculous. Like every episode he gets to be on? That's some Let me privilege. press the button here and we'll we'll find out. Abe, uh, unfortunately, you're wrong again. So I'm just, <laughs> I'm just gonna play this really awesome Dave Meggett highlight instead. There's, there's Lawrence Taylor. Meggett. Look at a snow game in Denver. Gone. There's Phil Sims. Meggett tips it to himself. Touchdown and no flags anywhere. There's Pat Summerall and uh, John Madden on the call. Look at little Meggett go. He's so fast. Why the, uh, what are these football? Is he a wide receiver or a running back? Dave Meggett was a running, a tailback and a punter. Well, they've gotten smaller. I wonder how small was he and how small are the small ones now? Because the small ones now look smaller than that guy. They haven't gotten smaller. He's just got big shoulder pads. Right, number 66, William Robert. Watch listen, here. Listen to, Meggett, listen to the Madden the on this week. 166 come and make the block on Mecklenburg right there. That's the one that broke him. Now Meggett makes a move and some big plays on his own. The one guy Dan Reeves was worried about, he told us yesterday, we have to contain David Meggett. I need two guys escape, you know. Yeah, I love how he credits the fat guy with the big fat guy block, but then Meggett made three guys run into each other. Uh, anyway, that's John Madden wow. and Pat Summerall. The, oh, very good, Bob. The very greatest. Good. Abe, you went 0 for 5, I know. My Why not just stick to my strategy? I know nothing about podcasts. Although... I'm in two different podcasts, and I'm <laughs> poo-pooing other, I'm like, this is not true. <laughs> Anything is possible. Not an idiot. Anyway. I Wait, would... what's the buffers uh, yeah. thing? <laughs> the, the buffers ad copy? Yeah. I'm not even sure. Yeah, I should write uh, five different buffer ad copies and get you to tell me which one's real. <laughs> oh, I still want to play the, the game where, what what did Abe think? Like, what did Abe remember about his own thoughts? Abe's previous life thoughts (laughs) about himself and how he doesn't remember them. You've been listening to Cast Iron Brains, a very real podcast with Bob and Abe. You can find the show on Facebook or Twitter. Head on over to brainiron.com, castironbrains.com, for a show note where you will find links to all of the wonderful things and podcasts that we talked about on tonight's episode. Head on over to tetramermusic.com, T-E-T-R-A-M-E-R music.com. That's where Mark Gillig uh, does his rock and roll stuff with good friend of the show, Jerry. Abe, you were not obviously consuming any of the great podcasting content, Ma, that's out there uh, this week. Instead, what were uh, you he doing? He probably consumed some of it, just not that bit of it. Right. There was a... A lot of football this weekend, but I, I did have time to go watch a movie last week. Uh, I went to go see Gerard Butler's new movie, Plane. It's just called... Fuck yeah, Plane. How was it? it was it awesome? It was a Plane. very predictable Gerard Butler movie, but with like no stakes. Like, you know, like with uh, the London falling down and Washington falling down and all these other places falling down. At least there was like, oh, so maybe somebody's going to die. But in this movie... Nothing really right. happens. Sounds like a, a plane potentially so, was plane. in danger. Remember Captain Sully, the miracle on the Hudson yeah. thingy? So this yeah, movie. I'm, I'm the captain now. 
I imagine no. whomever the 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 the, the people Same who decided thing. this movie no. to make this movie, they were probably drunk and they were thinking of that, right? And they're like, imagine that happens like a miraculous landing, and we do it twice. Like this movie literally opens with like everything just, is fine. Just gonna we're gonna run it back. So Gerard Butler is just like the one pilot. Works for James Cameron. He's got like a nice little backstory, but like he's, you know, same fucking movie. They do like this guy like in his 50s is still doing this, whatever. Uh, like they're talking about talking about how big of a war hero he was or whatever. Anyway, the plane crashes. Right. Now, this part is just natural. You know, something goes wrong with the wings. They try to go over a uh, weather event. And uh, I guess they didn't go over enough. They didn't go over the top, if you will. Uh, they get caught up in the weather and it it goes down into this random island. And it turns out it's like a very hostile place, like in the Philippines or something, where like some warlords uh, overrun it. Uh, and they, 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 they run the place. He makes a spectacular, like this plane should have crashed. It does not. They survive. They all cheer. And it's like 20 minutes into the movie. You're thinking, well, wait a minute. That's not how the movie goes. You know, that should be the end of it. Then they get into the trouble. The plane is damaged from the crash, right? And the only way out, because the Philippine government, like, oh, those people are crazy. We can't help you. The Americans are like, we can't go there. We can't help you. These people apparently are unstoppable. Like, nobody can stop these guys. And they have to figure out on their own. And the only way out, after trying other methods, is to get back on the plane and get enough lift. Like, the plane is half broken, and then do another right. emergency landing in a more friendly airstrip. Uh, couple, couple of quick questions: uh, is, is Duterte still in charge in the world of this movie? <laughs> no, there is no like real life politician in this. It's just like this. Why did we use the Philippines? Why are we so completely unconcerned with uh, with the Philippines box office? That's a good that yeah. we would use. <laughs> Probably yeah. I'm not sure. Like, it's a nice country, generally. Yeah, I mean, yeah I, but I don't think we care about their box office there numbers. Lately. It would be funny. My recollection, I imposed the Philippines. It's just like some generic whatever. But anyways, he manages <laughs> to successfully land the plane one more time. Only a couple of people died. The only people that died were people who weren't wearing their seatbelts when the plane went. Is there a... Is there a love interest on the plane? No is there love like interest, a yeah. flight attendant? No love interest. No. no there's not like there's not like a hot flight attendant who he uh, has to interact with periodically throughout there, the movie. As a matter of fact, there is, but there's no real. Maybe they cut all of that no, out. No, it's they don't do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah they they, right. they embrace. My second they question hugged. or third question. Yeah. Yeah. I got a lot of questions about this movie. Yeah. So you you pay a monthly fee yes. to see movies, yes. correct? Yes. Like twenty is it's it like twenty dollars a month? Twenty one dollars. All right, so 21 times 12 months, $252 a year. How many movies do you expect to see this year? 70. 70. So you paid about $3.60 to see this movie. $3 can you too recommend, much. No. <laughs> can you recommend that anyone else spend uh, even the $3? Because I imagine it'll come out on uh, video on demand. Yeah. You'll be able to rent it for $3.99 or so. Would you recommend this, is, this movie, uh, even at that level? This is, uh, I mean, to be fair, this is uh, straight to VHS quality. Like, but it's in the theater, so what are you going to do? But in the it? theaters, yeah. can't beat it. But Movies they don't are make great. VHS anymore. <laughs> oh so. yeah, well, uh, the new thing. Yes, that. <laughs> uh, anything else? Did you see anything else? Uh, not uh, movie wise, but I did watch uh, the the latest uh, thing on HBO. The zombie with thing? a zombie. Or oh nice. yeah, we can talk about yeah. that briefly. Yeah. Uh, 
Lori was out of town. I don't know what she watched while she was out of town. This I, we weekend. didn't watch any. We watched a little bit of true crime. We mostly got drunk and talked. Nice. Can't go wrong. While with that. Lori was gone, I watched. I watched John Wick again. I was going to watch John Wick too. How sad is that? By the way, like was, my wife, my wife went away. I guess I'll just. <laughs> I'll just sit here and watch John Wick by myself. Yeah. I, I, I've watched John Wick before when Lori's left town, like it's some, true. some this is three years ago or something. And so I was going to watch John Wick 2 last night. But as I was putting it on, I was like, I don't really remember all of the finer details of John Wick 1. So I, I'm going to throw that Go on back. first. And then I'll, then I'll, I'll slide Wait right in. Wait for me. I'm leaving town again in March. So John Wick 2. So I watched John Wick and I ended up not watching John Wick 2, which is fine. But John Wick is a great movie. No, no complaints there. John Wick 3 is not I that good, right? Watched... Isn't like every homeless person is like a secret killer? Or a secret like assassin? Like I remember the... That must be the sequels. I don't think there's a lot of uh, secret homeless killer assassins in John Wick 1. I'm, Three. Now I'm mad at you the for spoiling. One. Okay, the third one? Yeah. I and I think the fourth one either. is coming out in March. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I watched also Blood Simple, which is the Coen Brothers' first movie uh, with cinematography by the great Barry Sonnenfeld, and I I think that I'd never somehow seen that one before. I even haven't either. What is it about? I've, I saw it. It was at the theater where I worked. That makes some sense as a re-release, I'm sure. Yeah. It probably came out as like a 15th anniversary thing in the year 2000. Did you say? Or so. Yep, that sounds right. Blood Simple. Blood mm-hmm. Simple. It's got uh, Francis McDormand, of course, Very who the, slow. the Coens have worked with many times and married to one of them. Joel, I think, is the one she's married to. I'm not sure about that. Uh, wonderful movie and very much sets the whole rest of their careers in motion. Uh, and it, I wouldn't say that it's slow. It's just it manages to be both sort of a classic noir film while also poking fun at it in the way that only the Coens can with very strong character work and strong acting by almost everyone involved and you can see the seeds of everything that the Coens would become in that movie uh, highly recommend it's on uh, like Netflix or something or I think it's on HBO Max okay. it's available on HBO Max right now I also have it on on Blu-ray or 4K or something along those lines Okay. I just never popped it in before uh, let's see. And then, yeah, we also watched the premiere of The Last of Us on HBO on Sunday night. It's uh, the latest zombie apocalypse television show. Based this, this one, instead of being based on a comic book like The Walking Dead was, it's based on a video game from not quite a decade ago or so. A video game that I've never played because it was on PlayStation, and I don't buy the new PlayStations. I just have a Nintendo system, whatever the Nintendo system of the year is. We've got that. Abe, uh, did you watch it? Did you enjoy it? I did watch it, uh, and so far, so good. Uh, I did not know, and maybe I forgot, and I I, I knew this at some point, but I did not know uh, games had, like, well-thought-out and coherent story. Like The PlayStation games really do. There's a whole bunch of games that we don't play that really do have like it's cr- yeah it's like movie it's like a or more like TV show so it makes sense because they're like series of them like the next edition of the stupid video game right and I went online after I watched the the first the premiere episode and some of the remarks were how accurate it was or at least how consistent it was to the original source material I was like the video game and I went on YouTube and I only watched like the first twenty minutes but somebody 
basically played the whole game and they cut out the gameplay and just stuck uh-huh. to the plot parts. And the right. first episode is literally scene for scene from the game. Like everything well, happened exactly as it did. And then when it got to the end of the where they stopped in the episode, I stopped because I didn't want to know what happens later. But right, don't want don't want to ruin it for yourself. Right, but I was like, wow, I should play some of these games. I, it was mostly just shoot 'em up and like that fucking football game right. that we used to play. As as we were watching it, I and everybody's being super dramatic and being sneaky, and they're worried about uh, getting killed. And, I, and I, my comment was, oh, it's it's fine. You you just start back at the last checkpoint. If they find you, you'll be. You'll be fine. You don't have to be so worried. Uh, I don't think that's how the TV show is going to go, though. I don't think we're going to see a lot of uh, deaths and then retries. And, like, stupid deaths, too. Because sometimes you can learn from the deaths. You accidentally stop paying attention and you just walk off a cliff by mistake. Like, ah, fucking start this part over again. One criticism uh, I have, uh, and this is not just this zombie version of a movie, but any one of these movies or TV shows... Where there's always a character who's being who being unrealistic. Like maybe she's just a daughter. She's young. The whole premise is unrealistic. But the crazy, you know, the neighbors are infected. You know, this, these are early days, and people don't know exactly what's going on. But something isn't right. Right? The she goes right. into the neighbor's uh, place, and half the people are dead, and the old granny is like trying to kill people. Right? And she chases her out, and the father and the, the the uncle are there, and you know they rightfully bludgeon the old lady to death because right. she's uh, right. in, con, you know infected. She's doing she's doing fast zombie yeah, shit. Yeah. She's doing exactly okay. okay uh, so I guess we're in okay. So we're in the uh, we're in the it's Danny bad. Boyle zombies thing. Yeah. We're, in, we're in the what was the Danny Boyle one? Uh, twenty eight days 28 later. Day, okay, bad. so we're doing twenty eight days it's later the bad zombies. zombies. That one. Uh, everybody like this is an old thing that I think the first time I heard it expressed this way was uh, probably from the people at cracked.com, yep. which used to be a good website. But like the problem with most modern zombie things is it takes everybody way too long to figure out, oh, we're in a zombie right. thing, right? So, which doesn't make any sense because like we live in a culture yeah. that has been awash yeah. for 50 or 70 Many years kinds of yeah. zombie things with with zombies yeah. like so if you find yourself and there's a fucking vampire and you see like some guy and he's sucking on somebody's neck and he his his mouth comes off the guy's neck and he's got the fangy yeah. teeth and he turns into a bat don't it's eat, like oh yeah. fuck it's vampire <laughs> yes. time like this is like, you don't have to be shocked that you, you, you immediately you know the world that you're living in you now you have an important question to ask if you're in zombies and it's if you die normal, yeah. like if you get shot, are you zombie next, or do you have to be killed by a zombie to be zombie? Right, right. Yeah. And that's all that's that matters all, in zombie. It, yeah. It's all that matters. Uh, also, is it fast zombies or slow zombies? Right. Those that, are the, well, yes, but those you don't have only... to ask that question. Sure. You know that question. Right. You, it be, you know that it. it be, you know you're in it. It becomes apparent. Uh, and, and the point I was getting at, basically, like the the daughter's like, "Oh my god, you killed whomever." It's like, let's get past that. But right, I, I, no, stupid. <laughs> like we're in a zombie thing now, I, sweetheart. It's very clear. I honestly feel more prepared for the very it's impossible scenario where zombies attack than i am like oh you're an in an earthquake because, like, you're in i've read shape. about earthquakes i still don't know what i'm supposed to do like if an earthquake broke out now am i supposed to go next to the doors Abe, or what floor downstairs are you on? Or? Abe, abe's on the first floor of a building get that, in a doorway that get has in a, a whole doorway. lot of a whole lot of potential rubble yeah. right yeah overhead. you get under a doorway <laughs> like, i feel like i would just die. like there are some places or like in the 
in the do you have like a good column of stairs like interior stairs right no i think those are nice and strong all of those things are good points but i imagine under the pressure of time of like oh my god things are falling around me i think the brain would just be like frazzled whereas like zombies well, that's the thing. Like, with I know zombies, what's happening. you have more time yeah. it's like i need to get out of this yeah no abe your situation in particular, you're great. you could get out of that apartment fairly yeah, quickly. You're in you just, you just got to fucking run. Problem. Probably just, just sleep gotta, it off. It's like, run. what are the chances? It's got to be some other reasons. <laughs> Construction or something. Uh, anyway, Last of Us, uh, perfectly fine. Pedro I, Pascal is great. I, I wonder yeah. how bad it would have to be to not Pedro watch Pascal Pedro Pascal do stuff. HBO literally is uh, like the... the like the British people, they have the same system where they, everybody keeps appearing on the different shows. Oh, you're the queen one day, you're a law enforcement person another day. Like Pedro Pascal has been in a few of these. Like Sandy Newton's kid is in this. It's like I just, just wonder how bad would this show have to be to not watch it. Like yeah. with Pedro Pascal oh, yeah, yeah. leading the way the whole time. Yeah, and plus we're sort of naturally disposed to like zombie stuff. Like I enjoyed even the first season of The Walking Dead and then season two was just god awful. And then we stopped watching it after I think three or so. I don't know if this uh, – uh, I didn't follow up on this, but I read somewhere where they made all episodes available to reviewers because they were so confident in it. Like uh, that, mm. they weren't worried about maybe because they're not worried about the spoilers. Because I don't like that the source material is out there. But apparently, well, the, they're yeah, very the confident in this all, movie. The, yeah. the story yeah, is all out that's there. That's probably yeah. fair. I think it's going to be fine, and we'll watch it. It is weird to me that Pedro Pascal now has two series going, both in which he is the designated protector of a sort of adopted uh, young creature, right? Where so he he does the the baby Yoda thing and he has to take care of the baby Yoda thing. And it's sort of a snarky little green alien thing. And now he's got to take care of this snarky little teenager right. who's not as, who's a surrogate daughter. Like that's a weird thing to get typecast as is the, the stoic know, protector yeah. <laughs> of, I mean, I'll always see him as like the weird incest brother anyway. So, Oh, that's right. The Martells or what was that crew? Yeah. He was hot dogging the end. He should have killed that guy instead of uh, fucking around. What do you think? He should have, yeah. but he didn't. Anyway, you uh, you got anything else for us tonight, Abe? Nope. I guess that's all we've got for tonight, then, and we will talk to you next time. Later. What do you want to talk about? Yeah, you know. How game recognizes fame. <laughs> I watched this uh, Gerard Butler movie. I'm going to mention that at the end of the show. Did something fall? Has something fallen? Is there? Yes, uh, it's called plane, and the thing plane. happened. Oh, but not plane has fallen. Just it is. Plane. It's fallen. It's come back up. It is falling, but it's not. In, it's not in the family. No, of that's films, true. Yeah, no, no, but... no. It's it's not in that franchise. Yeah, yeah, right. totally different. But very uh, much a Gerard Butler movie. We could talk about um, alcohol and cancer. Yeah. Yeah. Not even you yeah. can't have in. A little taste anymore. These scientists. They should go back to the inconclusive no, studies. They didn't say you can't. They said it's bad for you. Yeah, they said there's like right. not even a little upside. Like back in the day, oh, no, a little but they wine. They said the same thing about sugar. So. Oh, there's no upside to sugar? No. What if you're like running a race and you need a little sugar? There's no upside to like refined sugars. Okay. Like Other than like people things- enjoy it. Like, fruit and nuts is enough sugar. Yeah. We don't need sugar. That's true, because, I mean, there's... 
sugar and stuff so that you don't even think there's sugar in, right? Like if you're absentmindedly yeah. eating stuff. Ketchup. Yeah, that yeah. Whole30 diet. Yes. It's like zero sugar. Like, right. But that's that's everything. That's all the food. Right. That goes against, yeah, you would think. So there are, I guess for the first 30 days, even uh, fruit, they say no? Just, just abstain? I think so. I okay. think you're not supposed to have any sugar. All fruits and vegetables are acceptable. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty reasonable then. It, but no, it's not. It's not. I mean, it's it's. It's thirty it's days, not the whole year. It's, but what, what good does it do if it's? No, 30 I don't know. Days? Yeah. It's. I guess about? it's some sort of reset. This whole thirty. The whole bracket. thirty, but that's not a thing. You don't reset. That's no, like a cleanse. There's no such that's thing as a, a cleanse. That does sound like an infomercially. Right? Have they looked into that? That's not a thing. It's not how it works. <laughs> Have these uh, scientists? The thing, if you do thirty whole thirty, and then you go eat like shit for three days, that's reset. <laughs> yes. like, that's a backslide. Back to normal. <laughs> I liked your. Uh, yes, I just, what you're doing with your hands there? Just giving us. Isn't a that what he did? Clear uh, the, I, I was. That's what got done to him. That's what the mountain yeah. did to him I, afterwards. He. Puts his thumbs through his fucking skull. Back, Very unpleasant. Back during the good seasons of Game of Thrones, I was kind of like standing up, like, what are you doing? Just kill the guy. Why are you... Somebody smaller, yes. Play around, make a show of it. But this guy, could, it's like fucking around with like an alligator. Like, I don't care how seasoned you are. <laughs> <laughs> One wrong move and you're dead. It's like, you, got, you gotta play it honest. <laughs>